I, I mean, look, any action he takes is going to alter statistics a little bit. So as our ability to analyze the data gets better and better, he's going to have to miracle less and less. What's more, since we can look at data sets from the past, like 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 we could compare hospital records from the 1800s in Christian and non-Christian countries or something like that, and since God knew we'd eventually get there, he had to stop miracling to any substantial degree the second we started keeping records. Think about what a useless, paranoid God they've created for themselves. His inexplicable timidity has rendered him impotent, and now, at least statistically speaking, he's indistinguishable from non-existent. Of course, as flawed and unimpressive as indistinguishable from non-existent is when it comes to objects of divine adulation, it was also the point. Right, because the reality actually is non-existent, and the degree that their God deviates from that is the degree to which we can prove that he doesn't exist. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Yabba and Dabba to my do Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to rock? Okay, if anyone's going to tip over their car with a ribs order, that would be me. Yeah, so. yeah. Fair. And if anyone's going to have a gay old time, it's me. So I get it. <laughs> All right. This works. In our lead story tonight, atheists are better. <laughs> I feel like that's the headline a lot, but it's not my fault. This isn't a vanity thing. It's a survey about the group overall. And just about every time there's a survey about this stuff, the big takeaway is a math nerd version of, oh, my God, the world would be so much better if it was more atheist, according to the numbers I found. Yep. That's what happens when we collect data about just a thing in the world, yep, just yep, about every time. That's what happens. And the latest example is a survey of where people get their news on TV. And the resounding answer among the overwhelming majority of atheists was not fucking Fox News, which is <laughs> the correct answer. Yep. <laughs> but every single religion, on the other hand, had a much less acceptable response. Okay, but Heath, how does it feel to know that your tuck your face segment over on our sister show, The Skeptocrat, is fucking up those numbers, right? Dude. Yeah. You're throwing off the numbers. <laughs> We're actually better than it looks, actually, I think. <laughs> also, not for nothing, Scaling Atheist didn't even make the goddamn list atheists. Very disappointing. <laughs> yes. Very Come disappointing. on, guys. Get it together. So, the original survey happened last year, right before the election in November. The Cooperative Election Survey spoke with tens of thousands of Americans and asked them which TV news network they turned on in the last 24 hours. The results came out recently, and we got some religion-themed analysis from the official math nerd correspondent of the Skating Atheist, Professor Ryan Burge. That's Ryan right. B! What's Woo! up? Ryan Burge. So, the most telling information was about Fox News, not surprisingly. Atheists were by far the least likely to watch Fox News at 14%. And white evangelicals were by far the most likely at 61% in the last Ooh, 24 hours. Okay, yeah, but if you want the damning numbers on us, ask about what percentage of us yell the wrong prices at the TV during Antiques Roadshow. That's where our underbelly lies. Oh, okay, I feel like you consistently overestimate what a large percentage of us you represent, Eli. You know what? Tough yeah. but fair. Tough you watch fair. a lot of Antiques Roadshow? Aggressively, a lot, apparently. A lot. Very aggressively. Very aggressively. Okay. Not surprised. That does track. Azos so. are so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned that if you absolutely insist on being part of a religion, you should at least have the decency to be Jewish. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps just culturally Jewish, if that's how you prefer to identify. As a proud 
culturally Jewish person who deserves respect and dignity for that identity, at least according to most of us on this show right now. Uh, 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 if we count my characters, I am still winning. <laughs> okay, but if we count your voices, you're not. Carl the Bucket Bucket Corner and Tony D are very different people. Okay. Very different right. humans. Okay. okay, we're going to move past it. going to move past it. So, <laughs> if you insist on a religion and you won't be Jewish, maybe you could be Buddhist, too. They did okay. And if you absolutely insist on being Christian, you really need to be a black Protestant or else it's just <laughs> irresponsible. Yeah. White people cannot be trusted with lots of stuff, honestly. Christianity is at the top of that list. Well, militaries and then Christianity. Yeah, those yeah. two right there at the top. Absolutely. <laughs> of all the religious groups in the study, the only ones with less than a third of the group watching Fox News that day were black Protestant, 26%, non-Orthodox Jewish, 28%, and Buddhist, 30%. And just to underscore how important it is to not be a white Christian person, even among just evangelicals, being not white meant a huge drop in watching Fox News from 61% down to 42%. It's, it's weird that their white supremacy message would be so unpopular with non-whites. That's why. <laughs> and one last thing we learned. Don't be a fucking coward. Again, atheists were at 14%, but agnostics were at 23%. Really? Don't be a fucking mm. coward. If you don't believe in gods, but you're a coward about it, you're about... 64% more likely to watch Fox News in the last day than an atheist. Wow. See? See, you know, we might disagree here and there on the scathing atheist, but at least we can all get behind the fact that agnostics are chickens. Yep, that, that we can do. Sure can. And in Lost and Founders, every once in a while we get stories on this show that we just don't fucking want to do. You know, it's the 900th annual argument about where you can put a nativity display or stories about zip lining where everyone survives. But above all of those things is dead kids. But this week, we got to talk about some dead kids because the remains of no less than 215 children were found on the grounds of the Kamloops Indian Residential School in British Columbia. Cool, yeah. The Catholic Church, less murdery than Pol Pot. And uh, sign up in the quad. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Well, on a, on a murders per year average, maybe, like overall, the Catholic Church has got to smoke. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't familiar, residential schools were religious run and funded schools whose stated purpose was, according to the Canadian Encyclopedia, to, quote, educate and convert indigenous youth and to assimilate them into Canadian society, end quote, except like. Everything Catholic, the more we learn about them, the more murdery and rapey they get. And the latest addition to this, as I mentioned at the beginning of the story, is the discovery of yet another mass grave under the care of the Catholic Church. That's right. If this story sounds familiar, it's because as recently as 2017, a mass grave of 800 women and babies were found at an Irish home for girls also run by the Catholic Church. Oh, okay, okay. Less than Pol Pot if you count them all separately. You have to do it separate. It's independent <laughs> franchise locations. We can't control all that. It's separate. You know there's somebody in PR that was like, okay, so 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 by the standards of mass graves for children in the care of Catholic facilities, this is not that high. Manageable, guys. <laughs> manageable. Solid spin. Now, it's worth noting that there have been calls to action from Canada's politicians about this, but... Thanks to the fact that these abuses were covered up for years and that the school in question was closed in 1969, they're largely symbolic, which 
is a hell of a lot better than what we do in the United States, well, but it's still not nearly enough. Yeah, and, and let's be clear here, because it's, it's not like, you know, that's just how many kids happened to die over a very long period of time, and they didn't bury them very well. Every indication is that the indigenous kids sent to those schools were malnourished and abused, and the sanitary conditions were downright Mother Teresa in their depravity. Yeah, this was not the school graveyard. These were the not proud of graves. And like I said at the beginning, we don't like reporting on this stuff. It's not fun, like making fun of the fact that Rick Wiles looks like Trolls 3 was set in a white supremacist prison yard. But <laughs> it is just as important because religion likes to pretend its greatest evils, slavery, genocide and the like, are in the past. Nowadays, they got a pope who's groovy and says gay people are made up of atoms and particles. But it's worth remembering that the time they stopped covering up for these things, when they no longer caped for murderers, rapists, and enslavers of literal children, has yet to come. Yeah. Yeah, look, the only reason their greatest sins are always in the past is because they're good at covering shit up for 50 years. Yep. Speaking of which... And in the Pope's Nopes news tonight. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like an atom is a particle. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, no, I got This is probably important to also point out. So after just 19 short years. I didn't say it, the Pope said it. It looks like the Vatican is finally sending a clear message to pedophile priests and the bishops that enable them that enough is almost enough. And that they're about to get mostly serious about this problem. This declaration of slightly above medium commitment pretty soon comes in the form of an update to the Code of Canon Law that Pope Frando Calrissian announced on Monday, which will go into effect in December. According to the new rules, priests are mostly not allowed to do illegal shit with regards to child rape anymore. Like, like seriously, that, that, that is only an exaggeration in the sense that he didn't actually go that far. The new rules just forbid bishops from giving sex abusers second chances, shipping accused priests off to different churches, and points out that also raping adults is against the rules, too. That That's damn near the whole thing. Yep. Okay, what about adults? Good question. Fuck. Okay, somebody call Kinko's. Call Kinko's right now. <laughs> Dave, call Kinko's. Gives a whole new meaning to the old expression, you never want to be the reason someone puts up a sign, isn't it? Yeah, so look, like, we joke around sometimes on this show about the whiteboard that we have to keep here with all the weird company rules. But, like, for realsies, if your organization needs, A, a no-raping-kids policy, and, B, a seriously, guys, we mean it about the raping-kids clause in it, and, C, a whole bunch of sub-clauses that you had to add later to clarify that shit... It's because yours is an evil organization. Also, yep. D adults. Fuck. We got <laughs> right, yeah. Look, so you're a, a bad guy. And the only reason that a team of enhanced individuals haven't thwarted your plot is because superheroes aren't real. <laughs> okay, but I feel like if me and Eli got inside the Vatican, we are superheroes. Uh, you we are. We are. <laughs> Just in there licking all the apocrypha. You sure you still want it? <laughs> I think it. <laughs> They don't. Got, got your not. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's there. Of course, the announcement itself did its best to avoid framing this as a, man, you'd think we'd have done this, like, not raping kids thing by now, and instead explain that, quote, the relationship of interpenetration between justice and mercy has at times been misinterpreted, end quote. 
So what? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, they went with the penetration phrasing in their promise to stop raping your kids statement, which is probably a red flag by itself. Yeah. But the truly sinister bit is the fact that they're pretending that the problem that they've had this whole time is an overabundance of mercy, not a diabolical sense of self-preservation. They're just so damn forgiving that they can't stay mad at the child rapist long enough to get all the way through the punishment, you know? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Inner penetration was bad phrasing there. Okay. Justice is lowering itself onto mercy. This is serious. Take it seriously. (laughs) Okay, you know what? From now on, internal rape trials can't end in a hair tousle. Are you happy? You've erected that for everyone. No more hair tousles. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, I I don't think any priests are going to stop raping kids because, like, now it says that's against the rules in the company handbook. And, and I don't think it's going to stop any bishops from covering their asses and protecting the church's reputation when the alternative is seeking justice for a sexually abused child. This is newsworthy only in so much as it highlights the fact that they hadn't gotten around to this until this past Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what they didn't do is extradite all the accused priests they're still harboring or release victims from their non-disclosure agreements. And that speaks a hell of a lot louder than adding, and we really mean it this time, to the no-raping policy. Sure does. And in Worth the While news... Rick Wiles has COVID. Oh, if only we had time to write a song, it would have been, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's the story. But you know what? You know what, everybody? We fucking earned this one. So sit back, slap a smile on your face, and enjoy as we celebrate the most deserved COVID diagnosis since Donald fucking Trump. Oh, it couldn't be more apropos unless we brought Ronald Reagan back from the dead just to give him AIDS. Yes, two votes. So... For those of you who aren't familiar, Rick Wiles is uh, our bread and butter here on The Scathing Atheist. He's our super racist, anti-Semitic bread and butter. He has spent the entirety of the COVID pandemic being a massive piece of shit. First, he said that the vaccine was Bill Gates' way of injecting the number of the beast into everybody. Then he called for Anthony Fauci to be tortured till he admitted that he created the virus himself, I guess. And then, then... Took a little break from that to do a little charity work uh, by paying the $15,000 fine of some Orthodox Jews who broke NYC COVID protocols during its peak. Yeah, okay, so just to be clear, Rick Wiles said to himself, okay, they're carrying out a Jew d'etat to take over the world, but they are willing to spread a plague. Mm. Huh. Those are conflicting to me. <laughs> Let me get my checkbook. Yeah. And... And that Orthodox yeah. Jewish group was <laughs> right. like, they were like, okay, he is a literal neo-Nazi, and he does know about the Jew and he's narking on us. That's <laughs> not good. Whatever, let me get a pen. I'm yeah. endorsing this. We're yeah, taking this money. Yeah, money is money. Right. So that was a weird break he took for a second there. But then he went right back to being a massive piece of shit. You know, all work and no play. He called the COVID-related death of an LGBTQ activist judgment from God. And then described the vaccines as a genocidal plot, but said that it was okay because, quote, stupid people will be killed off, end quote. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> God's ear face. Wow. It's, it's, it's rather telling, though. That Rick Wiles can't even mention an imaginary genocide without pointing out the upside. Yeah, right. It's a tell. <laughs>
Well, as we said, when you wish upon a star, because according to the Gab account of Rick's YouTube hate crime True News, prayers are needed urgently for Rick, his wife, and many others at True News Studio who have caught the virus. Right Wing Watch actually managed to get their hands on an email to True News supporters, which goes into more detail. Quote, many of you are aware that True News was hit suddenly by a cluster of flu and COVID among some (laughs) employees and their relatives. Rick is asking for urgent prayer, especially for him and Susan. Rick is very weak. However, his fever has ended, and he has no respiratory issues. His fatigue is what is the main concern. Susan is experiencing the same symptoms. Also, pray for our staff and their families. Yeah, it's just a a little afterthought there. This fucking email literally says, like, pray for everybody, but mostly me. Like, mostly they save the good prayers. So, with all that in mind, you gotta admit, if he dies of COVID, that's fucking funny, right? Hilarious, actually. I yeah. mean, look, I guess if he got it from an Orthodox Jewish wedding, that would be slightly funnier. But either way, it's good. <laughs> and most importantly of all, listen. Commit to the bit, Rick. Commit to the bit. Go to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But most importantly of all, listen. I know we have doctors, nurses, and EMTs who listen to this podcast. And aside from my own inevitable death of a heart attack in the next two or three years, we never ask anything of you, medical professionals. But that time is over. Gentlemen, 30 seconds on the clock. Ways that our medical practicing listeners can fuck with Rick Wiles if he is put in their care. Go. Okay. Uh, uh Keep acting like your phone reception gets better the closer you get to him. <laughs> Uh, play recordings of Bill Gates saying, good, very good, very good. While, while <laughs> sleeping, let him hear a little bit right when he wakes up. Yeah, smother him with a pillow. Oh, all right. Uh, so now nope. I have to call Andrew again. So we're going to take a quick break what and hand things be? over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. wonder what Eli said. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she wants. If it's a legitimate race. It's a slut, right? Hey, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. I figured with this being my first twim during Pride that I should start off with a reminder that there's no room for turfs on my turf. I'll admit that I haven't spent enough of the segment focused on the slights against trans women, and I'm going to make an effort to rectify that going forward, because we're all in this together. And with the SCOTUS this hostile to women's rights and trans rights, that's never been truer. So in keeping with that goal, my first story this week is about a bigoted jackass named Andrew Chesney. Chesney is a Republican state representative in Illinois, and he went on a tirade on the Senate floor the other day arguing for independently drawn district maps, which is normally a good thing. But he's a Republican, so he wanted to do it because bigotry, specifically because of trans-affirming legislation from the state's Democratic majority. So, yeah, in the midst of a still raging pandemic with a volatile economy and rising consumer prices, this motherfucker's biggest concern is tampon dispensers in men's bathrooms. Quote, how the hell do we get tampons in male bathrooms? And just a little diversion here, huge red flag where people start cramming male and female into phrases where most people just say man or woman. Male bathrooms? (sighs) Anyway, continuing. Quote, how does that happen? That's because you don't have an independent map. Sex education today just passed with 60 votes. It's like a mini HBO porno. How does this happen? It's because you don't have independent maps. End quote. Okay. So much wrong in that quote. So sorry if the first thing I pluck out is trivial, but um, a mini HBO porno? 
when the fuck are you from, dude? And what makes sex ed like a mini HBO porno? Why, the fact that it's LGBTQ confirming? That's it. It's not like they're wheeling in the projector and playing Circe's walk of shame scene for the kiddos or anything. The fact that the new sex ed standards acknowledge the existence of non-hetero, non-cis people is enough to make it pornographic in this asshole's mind. Also, what is he afraid those tampons in the men's room are going to do? I mean, I'm sure making a robotic attack tampon to sneak into a public restroom with Andrew Chesney would be a difficult task. But for any budding engineers in the audience, I want to assure you that it would be worth it. Anyway, so yeah, that guy sucks. But I don't want to just leave you with bad stuff, so I have a rare good news story to toss in before I go. Joe Biden followed through with his campaign promise to omit the Hyde Amendment from his budget proposal. Quick reminder, that's the amendment that forbids federal tax dollars from directly funding abortions. And while Biden did say he was going to do it, there was some question about whether he was too centrist or too Catholic to follow through. And he did. So to be clear, nothing's really happened that wasn't symbolic. It'll probably show back up in budget negotiations, and getting rid of it would require the approval of Congress one way or the other. But the more hostile the judicial branch gets to women's rights, the more important it is to get positive signals from the executive branch. And on that fleeting glimmer of ephemeral hope, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Glory Scroll news, we have a story about a progressive secular activist who actually got caught spying on people in a public bathroom using his cell phone. Really? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 I'm obviously joking. He was a pastor. Oh, okay, that, pastor. yeah, we got So very obviously a pastor. <laughs> and it all happened in Joe Manchin's West Virginia. Now, Joe Manchin had nothing to do with it, at least as far as we know. In fairness, there's no evidence he wasn't involved either. The, like the amount of evidence that Joe Manchin was involved in spying on people in the bathroom is exactly equal to the amount of evidence that he wasn't. That's the amount. So there's no reason to just assume that Joe Manchin, the U.S. senator from West Virginia, was involved in a terrible sex crime. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. We have no idea. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh-huh. We have no idea. No, no information. But we do know. Agnostic. We do know that Pastor William Page was recording videos of people urinating in the men's room at the National Church of God in Morgantown, West Virginia. And hey, even if Joe Manchin wasn't involved, and we are not saying he wasn't, he would have just stood there and let it happen, <laughs> even if he was. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So here's how we found out. Somebody went into the men's room at that church and noticed a cell phone was sitting on the ledge above one of the urinals. So they called the cops, and the cops checked that phone. They found two videos of men using the urinal, and also several videos of Pastor William Page setting up his phone to record and setting it on top of the urinal. That's how they crashed the case. <laughs> Cops are at the station. Oh, this guy is good. I don't think we're going to. Oh, nope, nope. There he is in the third video. Should have <laughs> started my I don't think we're going to catch him monologue after I watched all the videos. I'm sorry. That's on me, everyone. Showing his ID. That's just <laughs> weird. See, <laughs> see I, so I was assuming that they were going to catch him because, like, a guy with extreme stage fright was like, wait, this makes no sense. I'm in the bathroom all alone. Why can't I? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, so I have questions. Oh, I have a few questions about this, too. Yeah, <laughs> Do you? Cool. Yeah, so I'm going to set aside the obvious one of 
Why would you record the setup? <laughs> I, I mean, obviously he wanted to be on a podcast. I guess that's the only sure. answer to that question. But what's happening with the logistics of getting those two videos before he got caught? A phone sitting on the ledge would be facing up and just recording some dude's neck fat while he's peeing out of the frame. So is, is he just really into neck fat or... Or did he have the phone connected to like a gooseneck mount and angled down from the <laughs> ledge? In which case, what the fuck was happening that day for those first two guys in those videos? They went into the bathroom. They chose the urinal with a phone connected to a gooseneck mount facing down into the crotch area. And they just had a normal pee without saying anything. What's happening in your life? That you just ignore that. Twice. Two people did that. It's just like, God damn, these motion sensor fleshes are getting more and more obtrusive. <laughs> Joe Biden's America, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, now, this puts me in the awkward position of immediately being able to think of a reasonable way to set a phone on a urinal in a natural-looking way with the camera pointed dickward, but unsure of how freely I should admit that. I don't, yeah. I don't, like, I don't like where this went. A little okay. side business. I get it. But you just got to keep your options open. <laughs> bottom line. Bottom line. Here's the takeaway. Why the fuck are we keeping the filibuster alive? Whether Joe Manchin was involved with the bathroom cam or not, we may never know. Uh, he strikes me as a pee-sitting-down type of guy. Uh, no judgment either way, but fuck your face for keeping the filibuster alive right now. Amen. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't with the other thing. And finally tonight, in Going South news, uh, a quick whiff of some good news before we wrap it up. Uh, according to the annual church profile published by Lifeway Christian Resources, Southern Baptists saw a larger decline in membership in 2020 than in any other year on record. More than 400,000 fewer people identify as Baptist in 2021, which is a drop of nearly 3% from the previous year and a drop of over 13% since their peak in 2003. And while some of that decline is no doubt due to the pandemic, it's worth noting that the, that they set their previous record for the largest annual drop in 2019. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about Windows being bad for the world, but Bill Gates is a good inventor overall. <laughs> he makes some, some good stuff. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, the trend has been going this way for quite a while, and it's showing no sign of slowing. Obviously, the people in the demographics most likely to die from COVID-19 were, by and large, also in the demographics most likely to be Southern Baptist, but like to the point that, Southern Baptist is one of those demographics most likely to die from COVID. I, like, I, like they're disproportionately elderly and less educated, but they're also disproportionately likely to be getting medical advice from the likes of Rick Wiles and Greg Locke. And a big part of this number is the hundred thousand plus fewer baptisms they performed this year. So, like, we we can expect this number to spike a bit post pandemic. So they might like rebound a bit, but it is clear that the trend is one of fading out. So the smart ones aren't coming back, and the stupid ones are dying of a plague they made worse. It's a win-win, people. Uh, what I'm seeing here is a win-win. Yep, it's, it's a good news story. And by the way, in case you're curious, the telephone surveys that Pew Research Center did in 2018 and 2019, which are the most recent numbers I could find on this, showed that about 4% of Americans identify as atheists. The U.S. population is about 328 million, which means that there are over 13 million atheists, and we're trending up. So unless something happens to change one or both trends, we should expect to see atheists in this country outnumbering Southern Baptists as early as 2023 and no later than 2025. And and that doesn't even take into account all the COVID that they're still going to huff to own the libs between now and then. So <laughs> with that silver lining ringing in your ears, we're going to close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always.
Jumanji. And when we come back, we'll unravel a whole spool of what the fuck. Hey, everybody. As some of you may be aware, atheist author and activist Brian Bogowick passed away this week. That's right. We met Brian first at ReasonCon a few years ago. And like everyone who met him, we were instantly charmed by his passion, his dedication to social justice, and his obvious adoration of his wife and his two daughters. Now, usually we save our asks for our yearly charity drive. However, Brian's family has asked if... Manscaped! God damn it, Manscaped Man. Seriously? That's right, Badger Buffers. It's me, <sighs> Manscaped Man. Are your balls an unsightly tangle of the devil's thicket? Okay, literally could not be a worse time, Manscaped Horrible Man. Time. Then why not try the brand new Time Machine 4.0? This bad boy will shave your sack so smooth you'll swear your testes have been sent back to a time of prepubescence. Don't jerk off or you'll go to jail. <sighs> Horrifying, really, dude. Add on a pack of ball sponges for just nine ninety nine in the desperate hopes of soaking up the truly horrifying amount of liquid that pours from them unceasingly like a biblical miracle. Uh, Brian's family has started a GoFundMe. But that's not all. Order now and you'll be at the wow. front of the line when the death without dying emerges from the Eternus. Just go to manscaped.com forward slash death without dying for 10% off your order plus free shipping. You know what? Never mind. Yep. Yeah. I am Manscaped, destroyer of worlds. Sniff it. Back in 2015, we spun our favorite segment of this show into its very own show called God Awful Movies, wherein we condemn ourselves to watch Christian movies every week until we're released from that self-inflicted punishment by the sweet kiss of death. But we don't want to leave the impression that Christians are awful at movies in particular. They're awful at all of the arts, which is why we still pop in from time to time for a God Awful Mini. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched... The Ones. It's the story of what sovereign citizen people saw when they watched Captain Marvel. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> the Clive and Bundy getting saved from paying taxes by his sister, Captain Marvel from Outer okay. Space, <laughs> who he is quite sure is his sister. Very close. And Eli, how bad was this mini? Well, if Grandma's new boyfriend creeps you out, but it hasn't become obvious yet that they've joined a suicide cult, you will love Ooh. this mini. I want to be clear, this is the description of the film we're about to talk you through on Tubi. Quote, after years in space, an astronaut returns to her ranch. Officials want the information she received from aliens, but she only takes orders from God. End of description of the thing we're about to tell you about. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to help anybody. It, like, you told me to read that ahead before I watched this, and it helped me none. Okay, but I didn't read that. So, yeah, I, was I, say, I didn't. So, yeah, I feel like it would have. I felt like, you know. Maybe it would have. Because none of that is explicitly spelled out. Ever. Right? The fact that she's an astronaut, the fact that aliens gave her information, the fact that she receives her orders. Well, I guess the God thing is spelled out. That's the only thing, like, yeah, other than that, you're just kind of guessing. Yeah. All right, so we're going to open up on some creepy music over a variety of, like, old lady yard stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. This is a scary weather vane. For yeah. A second. Right. That's like a pop scare. Okay. Like, are we about to get attacked by a light breeze from the west? <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah, my music note here is all our haunted house has is this Casio keyboard. Do your best with it. Yeah. Oh, and of course, this is brought to us by none other than, I shit you not, the New York Time Film Company. Time singular. Yes. Time. Yep. I don't think we've ever seen anything more blatant in our entire career. <laughs> New York schmimes. It might as well be schmimes. Yep. yep. That would actually be less, like, blatant, I think, honestly, because, like, that would be obviously <laughs> not it. So we go through a series of establishing shots so random you have to wonder if they knew which fucking hole the lens was in. So, mm-hmm. But eventually we cut to an old lady walking down the side of a dusty highway all haggard and her dress is all torn up. Yeah, walk of shame at her age. Good for her. Good for her. Right? Yeah, she fucking partied last <laughs> night. <laughs> Absolutely. And And then there is... An absurdly loud voiceover that starts praying, starts quoting from Isaiah. Oh, it's amazing. And he's like half doing a Johnny Cash impersonation. And he's reading the part where it's like jackals and owls are psyched for me. Just so you know, it's the best. (laughs) Yeah, it's the VO from the Lord here. Apparently, this woman is hearing it. And he's like, I am the Lord, your holy one. And then God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. And I was like, what? Like, keto? Da Vinci's sleeping? <laughs> some new thing that he's doing? And, and he has to announce this to people one by one, starting yeah. with lady who partied last yeah, night. Yeah, just like people who do keto. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, it's a quote from Isaiah, but it's like it's from one of the weirder parts of Isaiah. Yeah. But eventually the old lady gets to this house, and another old lady who we'll eventually learn is her sister is there, and... They'll flesh this out, but like the the visual is that red haired old lady is very disappointed in Walk of Shame Lady. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. It's like you're way past curfew. I I understand that we are both seventy five years old. So this is weird. <laughs> I'm your mother by tone right now, but that's what's happening. Yeah, it's getting scolded. Maybe she's seventy years past curfew. That would explain. It. <laughs> okay, I think. Well, it's close to that. Yeah, she says. Can I have some water? And the, the old lady's like, fine. And I wanted her to be like, but no more two shots for $2 Tuesdays. You hear me? Right. Well, that's how exactly. <laughs> I've got some orange slices and some Thorazine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how this plays out. But then, so she goes inside for the water. The fucking title shows up with a gunshot sound effect that had me ducking behind my desk. Blah, pop scare title. Yep. What the I wanted them to acknowledge it and be like, did you hear like. Scary sound effects like whang, ding. <laughs> no? All right. So All right. now the lady that was walking home was Rachel. Did anybody catch red-haired old lady's name, the sister? I sure didn't. Nope. Okay. We're going to call her Red. <laughs> okay. So then we're forced introduced to a young woman named Grace and a middle-aged woman named Lake. Oh, Lake. And the introduction scene is so weird and mechanical where, like, each of them introduces the next one in the row and everything. Oh. <laughs> but, but Grace and her space work. So Grace, Grace is the young one. Lake is the older one who, by the way, is going to be the comedic genius of the group. We'll find yes, that out yes, towards uh-huh. the very, very end here. But Grace has to go over and, like, tenderly hug her because she cares about her for some reason that will never be explained. But she's also been told to cheat out to the camera 
So like a 2D side scroller, she sort of unches her way until she's next to bedraggled old lady, yeah. gives her a Christian side hug, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to leave the movie now. Yep. Well, she has to hustle off to go to church group. Yes, of course. Yeah. All right. So Rachel goes to her old room, and Red has kept it just the way it was before. Now, in case you're wondering how ham-fisted the storytelling is going to be here, our establishing shot of this room pans back from a card that says sisters share a lifelong friendship. Oh, they couldn't quite get the live, laugh, love permission. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Red explains that she saved the ranch when Rachel didn't come back from her astronaut thing. Again, the movie will never tell us it's an astronaut thing. Right? Yeah. To be clear, she doesn't say from your trip to space. Right. Yeah. No, we assume that she just walked off from the asylum at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be the the evidence that the movie gives us, certainly. And then with a completely straight face, because she's doing that, like, here's what you miss. She goes, Grace's parents died in a tornado, a tornado. Look, look, I'm as bored with fucking car accident as the next guy. But like, you might as well have them dying in quicksand. Come on. <laughs> they both slipped on a banana peel at the same time. It was very unfortunate. <laughs> Also, just a little note here. Rachel has her shoes on the bed this entire scene, and all of my notes are, cool, so you want to get your fucking shoes off the bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we learned that Grace's parents died in a tornado. We also learned that Jack died saving Grace. Mm -hmm. So I mean, so Jack also died in a tornado. You can yeah, right. That, right. Yeah, we died but in a tornado this with is a Jack. weird speech. It's like, welcome home from, like, Space for 10 years. Here's a list of people who died and exactly how is the first thing we tell you. And get your fucking shoes off the bed. God damn it. Hey, man. Well, so, okay, so, but then Rachel is going to sleep. Red says to her, and I quote, sleep, my sister, sleep well, which is a weird way to talk to anybody that you're not about to sacrifice to the ancient ones. Very much so. Also, when you say sleep well, the imperative there is that you be leaving, except she's not leaving. She says, sleep, my sister, sleep well, and then just stares at her. So I wrote in my notes, are you sleeping yet? Did you hear me? I said, sleep. How about now? How about now? How about now? But then I'm also like, wait, so she's going to sleep in that dusty-ass torn-up dress and her shoes? Yep. Apparently. And you're just going to sit there watching me fall asleep? That's this is happening? You know what? I'm masturbating now. We're going to lock up. Let's see who loses. All right, so then we get some more echoey prayer, and we rejoin Rachel catching up with all the all the folks at the ranch. Oh, okay. I don't know who the character is supposed to be, but the dude wearing a church topper around his neck yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's got a real dude hanging off of his crucifix. It's pretty fucking big. And then we also meet fucking film's first good guy cowboy that's dressed all in black. Yep. <laughs> I wrote in my yep. fucking notes, okay, now we've met the bad guy, I guess. But no. Nope. Also, right as evil cowboy, who's, we're going to find out good cowboy, but yes, clearly evil cowboy. Right before he shows up, does Rachel, does she pump fake a doodly do flashback? She that does. doesn't happen? Yep. She's having a boah wah wah. <laughs> she, okay, well, that's, uh, we'll call it a boah wah wah from now on. I like that. She's talking to the guy with the giant cross, and she's like, oh, have a quick doodly do 
Uh, you know what? Fuck it. We'll stay in the no, present. I guess, uh, I guess evil Cowboys here. I want to talk to him. Oh, now. we didn't have the money for the doodly-doo. Okay. All right. So. And I do want to say this about Evil Cowboy. What is very obvious is that in the script is whatever this character's name is, gets off horse, you're back. Except this guy is obviously grandma's new boyfriend, and he is not as lithe as he used to be. So we watch this guy like ever so carefully, ever so slowly get off the horse and then be like, you're back. (laughs) Yeah. He was definitely just supposed to start talking, but he also went for a way long time with a, I think I'm going to try to have a tender kiss with you right now, Mom. No, no, no and she's not like leaning in for it. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to keep petting your face until this works out. <laughs> uh, it does did not go well. Nuzzle. All right. Nuzzle, nuzzle. What's it like living in the stars? We should introduce that huge plot point, I guess. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So for, yeah, for me and Eli, who hadn't read the description at the bottom, here's what we get. The guy goes, so what's it like? She says, living in the stars. And we're like, was she fucking abducted by aliens? Yes, by the way, she was. Yep. She was. Yeah. And then he explains... God damn, does he take a large info dump at this point? He explains that the government is coming for their land, claiming eminent domain because they're mad about the alien abduction. <laughs> so just to be clear, he says, how was living among the stars? She's like, meh. And he's like, right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I was just making conversation. The government's taking the rent. He had no follow-up questions about her alien abduction. <laughs> I'm just proud they said eminent instead of imminent. Yep. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Did not expect them to get that correctly. Government okay. is claiming your entomans domain. <laughs> so, yeah, but the, but the government won't tell them why. Won't even tell them why they want their land, right? And she's like, I know who's behind it. It's that guy from the NSA. The NSA. What? Yep. What do they think the NSA is based on this movie? Oh, Ooh, know. great question. National Spy Association. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a little bit closer to useful if that's what it was. Naughty based on what spies we of America. Yeah. The, the NSA is going to take a ranch using eminent domain. Because, like, they're a, a Russian hacking ranch. It's like a... Black market Bitcoin <laughs> ranch? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, well, no, as a threat so they can... Yeah, oh, God, this is so stupid. It's Apparently, it's as a threat so they can get their hands on whatever information the aliens have given her. Again, nowhere to find that out but the description at the bottom of the goddamn video. It's not voiced in the goddamn movie. Okay, and I, I need to know, is the plot of this movie that this lady got kidnapped by aliens, they were like, here is how to cure cancer and find your way to the ether sea. And she was like, fuck you, I only listen to Jesus. Yes, yep, that's as much <laughs> as I got out of it, yeah. That's the best sci-fi film of all time. <laughs> Lack of contact? Yes, please. <laughs> Look, I've uh, come in the appearance of your father in the hopes that maybe you'll fucking listen. <laughs> But then she says, let's gather the ones. Now, the name of this film is The Ones. So we assume that at some point they're going to flesh that out and explain what the hell that means. We assume incorrectly, but we assume anyway. Yeah, maybe they were just hoping that we'd know because, you know, The Ones. Yeah, right. (laughs) They just pause and look around expecting Iron Man to land. (laughs) No? No? All right. They're probably going to get a ranch now. (laughs) 
All right, so we cut to Grace uh, chatting with Red in the kitchen when suddenly the bad guys show up with their fucking Kia Sorento. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I have to say, there's nothing like bad cinema to make you appreciate good cinema because the Kia Sorento, it just has a little bit of trouble navigating the, like, road to this ranch. <laughs> so yeah, it's so yeah, so <laughs> It's like, eh. Stop, start, stop, okay, start. Okay, oh, it's really pulling to the left here. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. You got to angle out. Oh, my God. You're scrapped. You're scraping along the fence. Jesus. I'm driving. I'm driving. Get out. Get out. Everybody get out. So, yeah, so the bad guy's got the, the only black character in the film turns out to be a bad guy. That's a square on the bingo card, I think. Yeah. And then the good guys and the bad guys, they all square off like Team Captain America, Team Iron Man style. And yeah. let me just say, if these senior citizens had all gotten in a fist fight, <laughs> this <laughs> is my favorite movie <laughs> of all time. But yeah, so they show up and they're like, we're here for your sister. And Grace is like, Rachel's not here. And Rachel steps up all defiantly. And Grace is like, oh, I'll go fuck myself then, I guess. Jesus. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Look, I get that that's a TV trope. Is like, she's not here. But then she's like, no, I am here. That's not in a 14-second-long short film. Right. I really wanted Red to turn to her and just be like, oh, my gosh, where did she come <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, oh, I haven't seen you in so... Oh. Yeah. So Rachel steps up out of nowhere just, just to contradict the person who just talked. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hello, Reed from the NSA. You guys at the NSA don't usually deal with ranch stuff. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Now, we should point out, too, the fucking sound balancing in this show is goddamn torture because the guy, the, the bad guy, starts off whispering and then eventually screams so loud he's rattling the microphone. Yep. You're holding your headphones, like, partway away from your ear, moving them in and out as the fucking video keeps going. Yeah, you need to swing them around your head in yeah. centrifugal motion to get a good <laughs> sound balance for this movie. <laughs> right. So, read from the NSA... Gives her that little answer, and then he says, you have secret information. The government needs to help us with... Get in the car now! Yep. Like, <laughs> like if he snuck in that yelling part at the end, it would trick her, and she would just be like, oh, man, I, I'm getting in the car. I'm getting oh, in the car. He said Simon Says. Okay. Right. Yeah. But no, yeah, but she won't do it, so she's under arrest for treason and, and I quote, for withholding information regarding secret activity contrary to the interest of the government. End quote. Like, why not yep. just pick a thing that's right or stop at treason? You didn't need <laughs> another thing. And also for criming in the crime degree. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is where this is where she gives what she thinks is either the alien's divine message or just what she thinks is a moving speech, which amounts to. Let's help homeless people. Oh, it's live, laugh, love. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might as well be the speech. But right before she does that, the evil cowboy, man in black, shows up, pulls a gun, and yells, Get off my land. <laughs> <laughs> it could not be more random or less meaningful, however. Because it's not like there's this great moment of tension. She's just like, I'll tell you one thing. When the rich could get off my land. Oh, okay. I guess we're doing a violent altercation. I thought I was doing uh, a big just jumping in. final speech. Right. And NSA guy's like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's the whole thing with eminent domain where, where it's going to be ours, but and also I'm allowed to come here and tell you about driveway that. driveway anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, 
But then she gives her live, laugh, love speech, and the handcuffs magically fall away. Yep, that's her god power, everybody. Yep. She can get out of handcuffs. Okay, I think we should also mention the uh, very important musical accompaniment mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, yep. So before Rachel starts doing her big speech, right before it, Lake, remember Lake from before? Oh, yeah. She, oh, my God, I almost, I can't believe I forgot, do, yes, I almost right, forgot How did this. we do that? This was bananas. Out of nowhere, <laughs> Lake senses that there's about to be a big speech from Rachel. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Lake starts singing uh, a Native American song, I think. Yes, she, I, I had it down as chanting Native Americanly. Yeah, so, something like that. And Rachel's like, oh, sorry, yeah, all right, this is perfect. That's my cue for my speech with the Native American song by this white lady as my hype man. Perfect. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And, the, and she keeps doing it through the whole stupid fucking speech, and it's too luck. Again, the sound balancing is shit. So she's, like, drowning out the live, laugh, love speech with it, and yeah. it keeps, and it's, so irritating, and it keeps going. Doors to the car open. The Covington Catholic kids get out of the car. <laughs> Damn, they found our weakness. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but then the the handcuffs fall away. The NSA guys are so terrified by this that they back away to their car. But their car is so goddamn far away. <laughs> oh, ten percent of this video is them backing away. Uh, <laughs> and two of them finally get to the car, the, the Serrano, mm-hmm. and two of them are still like really awkwardly backstepping and they just drive away without him. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then man in black evil cowboy guy rides off on his horse real fast because, you know, that was his condition. He's like, I'll be in your video, but you got to show me riding badass like I'm chasing a bad guy at the end. There's no reason for this. <laughs> who, he's riding after the NSA guys he just scared <laughs> off. To what? Just, to go boodly boo boo until their office land? They just stop the car. The horse runs into it. Oh shit! Ah fuck! Horse versus car. That's not good. Oh, uh, you okay? Nope. Horse is not okay. Horse is not. I want to be clear. Horse is not okay. Okay, one horse was harmed in the making of our thing. <laughs> All right. So now uh, Rachel and Red hug and cry and shit. Yeah. And apparently she's. Okay, suddenly there are a bunch of goddamn characters we haven't met, right? There's, there's, there's like seven or eight bonus characters that have just shown up. There's a whole family. There's two old guys that look as confused as I am about their presence. Are these the ones? I guess. Warning, the following podcast was produced in a facility that may contain nuts, fuck, and other naughty words. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by My Sheets Rock, Adam and Eve, IP Vanish, and by... The Southern Baptist Convention, reminding everyone why atheist activism is still relevant and important on an annual basis. The Southern Baptist Convention. Yikes. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Good evening, my fellow Americans. It's me, former, and according to 30% of the country, still President Donald Trump. As you know, I recently had to cancel my blog due to low readership, so I've moved here to the scathing atheist where I can really get my message out there. And as my fans prove each and every day, we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men. Thursday. 
It's June 17th. And it's National Apple Strudel Day. So if you see someone about to take a bite of cherry strudel, kill them where they stand. Okay. I'm Eli Fosnick. Um, Maybe just slap it out of their hand. Just, you know, <laughs> relax with the killing. I'm Heath Enright, by the way. And from Frank Sinatra's New Jersey and Ooh. Dean Martin's Ohio, this <laughs> is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Joe Biden turns out not to be a sleeper agent for Bob Jones University. <laughs> the Southern Baptist Convention gets mad about critical race theory stealing the name of their ranking system. <laughs> and we'll act out the Bible so you can pretend you've read it. But first, the Eliotrap. I've been thinking a lot about the meaning of life lately. Not what I think the meaning of life is. My answer to that question is, I'm pretty sure, excruciatingly typical. Something, something, bring joy to others, yada, yada, love your family, don't watch the television program Supernatural, you know, the usual stuff. No, lately, I've been thinking about what Christians think the meaning of life is. So, Spoilers for an upcoming episode of our sister show, Godawful Movies, but a couple months ago we reviewed this 1950s Christian educational film called Teenage Conflict. And there's this moment in the movie where the former atheist scientist says to the questioning youth in the high-waisted khakis and suspenders that contrary to what he thinks, Jesus is what gives his life meaning. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, holy shit. Is that what they actually think the meaning of life is? I mean, look, not only do they think they answered that question, a level of hubris that's baffling by itself, but the answer they got is the meaning of life is to worship Jesus and convince other people to worship Jesus until you die so you can go to heaven and hang out with Jesus. And they're sticking with it. That's their final answer, Regis. And I mean... How much must the world fail to impress you for that to be an acceptable answer? I mean, look, during the Bronze Age, I kind of get it, right? You're dying of your teeth at the ripe old age of 25. The thought that there's got to be something better is comforting. But to look around this world of art and music and Internet pornography and think, this is some veil of tears shit right here, let me tell you, that takes some confidence. Or maybe a lack of it. Because I wonder if that's not at least a part of the reason the religious seem to hate atheists so much. Because if you're watching the preview, and I'm telling you it's the show, that's annoying, but it's not, I don't think you should be able to hold public office annoying. And in the grand scheme of things, life is a pretty tiny fraction of eternity, so why bother getting so mad? Unless you know that you are watching the show and that instead of enjoying it, you've spent most of it loudly announcing that you can't wait to see what comes after this preview. I mean, by the time most folks get around to really questioning the religious beliefs they have, if you'll excuse the expression, they've sunk an awful lot of costs into that fallacy. Because when it comes right down to it, everybody knows there's no one right answer to what the meaning of life is. But there are definitely wrong answers. And there ain't much sadder than knowing you've got the wrong answer and sticking to it anyway. 
They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight is the textured soy to my protein, Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Eli, are you ready to make uh, an ethical shepherd's pie in podcast form? I mean, yes, Heath, but let's hope people like our show more than they like my shepherd's pie. I think we should aim our here. I actually really like it. It's a really good shepherd's yeah, pie. Yeah, no, it's a pretty decent. It's good stuff. All right, we're going to get some headlines going, but first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, My Sheets Rock. Okay, first ad for the week. All right, we got My Sheets Rock. Oh, nice. You know, they actually sent us a I'm pair of... I'm sorry, the- did someone say My Sheets Rock? Sean Connery! Connery. That's right, it's me, Sean Connery, official spokesperson for My Sheets Rock. I'm not sure we're legally allowed to say that. Well, you just did. Tubby! Yes, Sean Connery. You look like a hot sleeper. I sure am. Well, good news, boy. My Sheets Rock created the regulator sheets, which are designed specifically to keep hot sleepers cool and cold sleepers comfortable. They regulate temperature, wick moisture, stay breathable, and are so soft, you'll sleep comfortably every night. As comfortably as you'll sleep if you never think about the more problematic aspects of my career. I never do. Yeah, so My Sheets Rock actually sent us a set to try, and I absolutely love them. They're my favorite sheets now. Nobody was talking to you, Baldy. Oh. But Sean Connery! What if I don't believe you? Then I'll cut your heart out of your coward's chest. It's it's a setup for the must-read, Sean Connery. Oh, right. Don't believe me? Their five-star customer reviews speak for themselves. Plus, they offer a 90-day risk-free trial and free shipping in returns. Check out My Sheets Rock at MySheetsRock.com slash scathing and enter our code scathing for 10% off and free shipping. My Sheets Rock, the official sheets of Sean Connery. Okay, I feel like we're going to have to run this past Andrew. Well, I mean, he'll hear it eventually. Yeah. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, The Southern Baptist Convention convention (laughs) happened in Nashville this week. And that means we have a bad guy fight. Bad guy fight! Oh, my God, it's the worst one. This is the worst bad guy fight since the centrist Nazis had that schism with the fully committed Nazis. (laughs) Sorry, okay, that was confusing. To be clear, I'm not talking about the Republican Party of right now. I mean, like, Germany, (laughs) the Nazis back in the day. But the event this week was the religion-themed version of the current GOP fracture, the conference. Apparently, there's a big faction of Southern Baptist pastors who think the Southern Baptist Convention is too liberal. The Southern Baptist Convention! (laughs) Ah, yes, the group that officially concluded that racism is nobody's fault two years in a row, obviously a bunch of cucks. I'm finally glad we're saying it. That's the one, yes. So... The convention convention had about 16,000 Southern Baptist pastors in attendance, their largest gathering in decades. And the biggest issue was who to elect to their leadership spots. Should it be conservative bigots or should it be ultra-conservative bigots? Well, (laughs) the ultra-conservative bigots have been going crazy recently trying to pack the event with their acolytes. That includes Pastor Tom Buck of Texas, one of the loudest voices for getting all the super woke Southern Baptists out of power. 
And I'm not exaggerating with the language there. According to Buck, quote, the big attendance this year is not an influx of the woke. It's an influx of the awakened to what the woke have been advancing. End quote. <laughs> By which he means being black. Yes. By the way, right? The Correct. problem this guy and people like him have is that too many Southern Baptists are black and, you know, would like their lives to matter. But God. it's mostly the being black. Thing. It's like 4% or something. <laughs> and just to be clear about the goals of the ultra bigot wing, they're mostly complaining about critical race theory. That's what Eli said before. Mm -hmm. Seriously, that's their thing. According to a bunch of leaked documents, pastors keep getting fired from their jobs with the Southern Baptist Convention right after they acknowledge the existence of racism critically as a theory or whatever. Yep. Of course, that was never the official reason for termination, according to the SBC. It was always for the cause of go fuck yourself. So <laughs> the ultra bigots are fighting for the right of sincerely held go fuck yourself. Ethnic slur. And I just want to take a moment to point out that once again, the bad thing that mainstream media found out about 45 minutes ago, religion has been up to for two years. Yep. The cause, the money and the organizing power of every alt-right, far-right event is always fucking religion. religion. It didn't start this year. There is. But horrible <sighs> racism was not even close to the worst leak they had. Mm -mm. Several audio recordings got leaked last week that had conversations between two high-ranking leaders, Russell Moore, the former president, and Ronnie Floyd. And they were talking about an upcoming meeting focused on caring for the survivors of sexual abuse. Oh, I can't wait to hear what they oh, had to say. And here's what Floyd had to say in those recordings about, again, helping the survivors of sexual abuse. Quote, I just want to preserve the base. As we think through the strategy, let's do everything we can to remember the base. Oh, End so quote. translation... Let's not alienate the rapists because yep. they are, after all, the majority of our A really flock. important part of our base. Yep. They're our base. That's what happened. And just a reminder, the Southern Baptist Convention is the largest Protestant denomination in the United States with about 15 million people. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's only the second largest Christian denomination in the country. So... I guess let's hope the Roman Catholics in that number one spot are super ethical about racism Woo! and sexual abuse. Fingers crossed, or else ah. you know, it'd be really bad for the country. <sighs> and in riding with Biden news, no, Joe Biden's administration is not taking the side of religious schools against gay people. But Twitter is pretty sure he is, so okay. we're going to talk about okay, it. If Twitter is pretty sure of something, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not a thing that's true. <laughs> good good guide. So if you're like me, you saw posts over the past week or so contrasting Joe Biden's statements of support for the LGBTQ rights movement and a headline from The Hill that reads, quote, DOJ says it can vigorously defend exemption to anti-LGBT discrimination laws for religious schools, end quote. And if you stopped reading there, and a lot of people did, it was proof that Joe Biden has only been pretending 
pretending to care about gay people, but he's actually a Republican in disguise. And your cousin was totally right when they voted Green Party because Biden and Trump are exactly the same. Ah, damn it. Okay, first of all, why would you stop reading? Don't do that. Don't Don't stop reading the headline (laughs) at the headline. That's what Twitter's for. And Ibid, what I said before about Twitter, it's headlinesonly.com. Don't get your information from just Twitter. That's stupid. But in this case, you actually could have kept reading and still got it wrong because some of the stories from actually generally credible sources like the Washington Post, for example, they got this one wrong for an entire article. They did. They sure did. So let's talk about what actually happened here. So at the root of all of this is a law from 1972 called Title IX, which bars discrimination on the basis of sex. Now, last year, in a case called Bostock versus Clayton County, the Supreme Court held that sex discrimination encompasses anti-LGBTQ discrimination as well, because... Because not even Neil Gorsuch could think of a way that it didn't. He tried really hard. He tried so He's like, hard. No, we have to fucking admit our thing is No, stupid. lady wow, likes the lady shirts. Yeah. So the problem is that Title IX has an exemption carved out in it for religious institutions. And that includes religious schools and businesses. And if you think that's fucking stupid. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Guess what? You're listening to the right podcast, baby. Welcome. <laughs> we do, too. So. Obviously, and as they should, 33 students are suing the Department of Education in a case called Hunter v. Department of Education, alleging that the exemption for religious schools violates their constitutional rights. Because it does. As well as the First Amendment Establishment Clause. Again. Because it does. Yep. So they've also challenged what it means for a school to be controlled by a religious institution, because that's not legally defined anywhere. And if we're doling out exemptions to discrimination laws, that's kind of important. Yeah. Okay. But if we're doling those out, feels like it should just be a sting operation, right? Like, (laughs) oh, hey, welcome to the doling out of exemptions. You want an exemption to anti-bigot laws. Got it. Just, okay, say it one more time into my carnation. Just you say that out loud. (laughs) And right this way, we have that exemption for you inside this locked room. Go. Mm -hmm. If I was president, for sure. So you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Eli, thanks for the background, but what does that have to do with the Justice Department and how vigorously they plan on defending a bunch of assholes? Well, I'll tell you. As you noticed, the case is Hunter, the Department of Education. And when someone sues the government, except with rare exceptions, the Justice Department has to handle that defense. However, before the DOJ could even respond to the lawsuit, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, which represents over 180 bigot universities that don't want to follow laws, asked the judge in that case to let it intervene and defend the Title IX exemption instead, saying that the DOJ will, quote, not only fail to make the points necessary to defend Title IX's religious exemptions as applied to sexual and gender minorities, but it may also instead be openly hostile to them, end quote. And they cited as their evidence Joe Biden's (laughs) pro-LGBTQ stance. Yeah, but, you know, they think... My pink shirt is the gay agenda. Like, I'm not saying me and Joe Biden aren't allies, but bigots think photons are pro-LGBT in some <laughs> sense. That's nothing. But again, yes, Joe Biden is not going against the LGBTQ community here. No. No, he's not. So in response to that request, and this is the quote you saw, the DOJ clarified, no, 
We are completely capable of defending our laws vigorously, and we're not going to add a bunch of stuff into the case in hopes of getting into the Supreme Court and enshrining bigotry into law, which the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities has openly said they plan to do. Yeah. So uh, Merrick Garland was basically lying about the word vigorously to keep the actual vigorous bigots out of this case and not involved. Yeah. So good work. Yeah. So back to that tweet about Biden aligning with anti-gay colleges that you saw. The opposite of that is what's true. The opposite. Mm -hmm. And while a lot of people who shared that info or meme or whatever did so in good faith, the people who created that tweet did so to fool you into promoting the agenda of a bigot university coalition. Yeah, read the whole article. And I guess in this case, you needed to do more than listen to opening arguments. Episode 498 <laughs> for this particular topic. They yeah. tell you all about it. And look, I get it. I really do. For a lot of people, Biden wasn't their first choice or their second, maybe not even your top five. And you buckle down and you voted for him anyway. And that was the right thing to do. But there's a part of you that would maybe kind of sort of like to be proven right about how you felt about him. And so you might be a little more susceptible to fake news like this. But when you fall for it, it's vital that you take note as a skeptic why you fell for it. And you need to correct it just as publicly when you were wrong, because otherwise you're doing Christian bigots work for them. And believe me, They've got plenty of help as it is. They're fine. Stop doing They're that. They're fine. Don't they don't help. need your help. And in all lies matter news, we have a story about a Christian group that's in favor of body cameras for accountability. Ooh. Yeah. Well, mm, yeah, but not for police, for oh. public school teachers. Hmm. Apparently kids are getting shot in the face with... Factual information, and we need <laughs> video documentation to make sure we can identify the assailant. The head of the Nevada Family Alliance is demanding that public school teachers wear body cameras to make sure they don't attack children with weaponized truth bombs like basic biology and sex education and, of course, critical race theory. <laughs> They hear black from the room. Get in there and shut it down. What? Sorry, art class. Just uh, talking about paints. My bad. My bad. So the Nevada Family Alliance had a conference last week, including a big speech from their executive director. Give Karen, me that name. Heath. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. The name of that executive director is Karen England. <laughs> Seriously? That's her name. Annoying lady conquistador. <laughs> Attorney at law. <laughs> so here's what Karen motherfucking England had to say. Quote, every day we are told of another incident where a teacher is violating the privacy of a student or contradicting the lessons taught by parents at home. <laughs> every day that happens. <laughs> every fucking day. Or is doing a lot of work in that <laughs> sentence. Continuing the quote, creating a record that could be viewed by appropriate parties might be the best way to urge teachers to stick to traditional teaching. Traditional teaching. Okay, you heard him. We're only beating the shit out of racist kids with rulers now. That's the old-fashioned <laughs> way, everybody. <laughs> right. Also, yeah, we're going to contradict 
the shit they learn at home if it's wrong. That's what teaching, yeah. that's teaching because parents are stupid a lot. Karen England, every teacher in every subject is, is contradicting the stuff you're teaching at home. And good. They should. That's the whole fucking point. So just to be clear, this is not from the onion. It, it's super hard to tell. <laughs> this headline, it's the last thing before QED imposed law. I get it, but it is 100% real. And the level of missing the point is breathtaking. I don't think it's theoretically possible to miss the point any harder. These idiots heard about woke liberals demanding body cams for police to prevent things like, you know, the murder of George Floyd, for example. Right. And they were like, we want body cams for our thing now. And their <laughs> thing is preventing kids from learning about systemic racism like the kind that got George Floyd killed. Yeah. And by the way, that loud crash you just heard, that was the point boomeranging back and hitting him in the face. That was the noise yep, of that. That'll do it. And on that note, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, Adam and Eve. Doing frog stuff. Frog stuff is my favorite stuff. Hey, frog friend. Hey, red furry friend. I have a question about pegging. Hey, guys. Yes, Heath. Okay, I ran that first ad past Andrew, and he got, like, real squeaky. What? It's fine. Yeah. We're not even using the names oh, on this man. Just so squeaky, guys. Really You know what? Heath, get out of the sketch. Yeah, you're yeah, on the sketch. Set. Okay. So, what about pegging? Well, <laughs> What's the right way to get started? Well, it's easy, buddy. You just need a harness, a dildo just under half size to start, and plenty of lube. So I shouldn't use a big, thick dildo? Not unless you're already very experienced with anal play. Okay, you guys have to start the ad. You gotta just I'm do the ad. I'm getting to it. I am getting to it. But tell me, Frog Friend, where's the best place to buy this stuff? Why, AdamandEve.com. What's... No, no, I'm not putting a puppet on the spreadsheet. That one counts for you, I guess, but we're not doing an extra column. Why, they're the number one adult toy superstore. And when you enter the code SCATHING at checkout, you can get 50% off of any one item, plus 10 tantalizing free gifts. Yay! Wow, 50% off one item and free gifts. That's amazing. And don't forget the free shipping. That's SCATHING. S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. Offer code SCATHING at checkout at adamandeve.com. Thanks, Frog Friend. You're welcome. You know, Piggy and I have been pegging for a while. I got that vibe. I got that vibe. And fit a whole hand in there. I have to do a make good so hard. <laughs> and in Yas King News... <laughs> It's been a weird year for PR over at Burger King. First, they introduced their two Impossible Whopper meal deal, cementing them forever in my heart. You get that a lot. Then they tried to celebrate women by telling them to stay in the kitchen, which didn't go great. Wasn't great. But this week, they celebrated pride by throwing shade at chicken-slinging homophobes, and I am here for it. <laughs> Our chicken sandwich does not persecute gay people. That's right. I mean, okay, <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it too. So here's the story. As a part of the ongoing 
Chicken Sandwich Wars. That's a publicity campaign in which a bunch of fast food restaurants that are all owned by the same conglomerate pretend to be in competition with each other over who can make the best chicken sandwich instead of paying their employees a living wage. <laughs> and Burger King, <laughs> as a part of that war, has introduced the Chicken Chicken oh, Sandwich. damn it. That is C-H apostrophe <laughs> K-I-N-G. That's what they went with for the name of their oh, sandwich. <laughs> it's clearly just some guy saying it wrong and a boss being like, Chicking, yes, <laughs> nice, nice Good job, Johnson. No second attempts. Anyway, as a part of that announcement, they tweeted, quote, the hashtag Chicking says LGBTQ plus rights during hashtag Pride Month, even on Sundays, eyes emoji. Your chicken sandwich craving can do good. We're making a donation, asterisk, to at HRC for every Chicking sold, rainbow flag emoji, <laughs> yeah. end quote. Okay, you know, human rights campaign, <laughs> good stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And they made fun of uh, Chick-fil-A for being closed on Sundays, which, okay, so good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Again, I'm here for it. Now, I want to point out that a lot of folks are mentioning that this is a near meaningless attempt for a large corporation with financial ties to Republicans to co-opt a social movement that's still fighting for their existence and lives every day. Yeah, I, I would like to point that out, too. Good. Yeah, and that folks. while the corporate seizure of pride might seem like mainstream acceptance, it actually allows people to frame the fight for gay rights in the past and ignore the very real work that has yet to be done. And that is true. That is true. But... It also pissed off a bunch of Christians, so I'm going to allow it. I will <laughs> allow it, my friends. Yes, everyone from one million moms to the Daily Wire lost their goddamn minds and tried to burn their Burger King burgers or whatever in protest. <laughs> but, you know, they're Burger King burgers. So, if anything, they just stayed exactly the same. Uh, okay, so you prefer a nice medium rare Impossible Burger? You know, <laughs> Indeed, I do. Uh, Indeed, I do. You don't want to cook off all that beet juice umami flavor? Exactly. Thank you. Pea protein. Exactly. But look. <laughs> There is an actual silver lining here, even aside from the charity donation. Look, every time a company comes out in favor of gay rights like this, commodified and problematic as that may be, that's one less place that bigots have to hide. That's one more facet of culture that lets them know their beliefs belong in the past and are not the norm. And if they want to eat anything other than... A deep fried flip flop with two pickles on a bread flavored jello bun. They're gonna have to get with the times, and that's a good thing. That's the Chick fil A chicken sandwich in your that's head? That's the Chick fil A yeah. chicken sandwich. <laughs> and in Cancel Culture Club news, we have a story about Eric Metaxas being sad, Ooh. which makes us very happy. Yeah, that's the rule. The Christian media, whatever, whatever the fuck he does, had his free speech. Canceled by free speech last week. And that's how we know that freedom of speech is dead. Apparently, Metaxas violated the terms of service on YouTube and got three strikes. So they shut down his channel for his radio show, like they do for everybody who gets three strikes. So now he's having a freak out and no jingle. Asked Anna, she said, go fuck yourself. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, in this case, she was just reading YouTube's official response to Metaxas's complaint, but it's from us, too. <laughs> it's also from us. So, Metaxas has been ranting about this ever since it happened. And I'm sure he made some really good points, but um, I couldn't hear him because he doesn't have a channel anymore. Sad <laughs> stuff. So, with his freedom of speech completely ruined, Metaxas went on Facebook and spoke freely. And here's what he had to say about YouTube. Quote, we've done our very best to comply with their creepy Marxist 
community standards. Okay. But, but they were digging into some of our older videos to find things they could use against us. Okay, going to stop there. Just to be clear, the videos that got flagged were about COVID anti-vaxxer misinformation and lying about the 2020 election. So if he was doing that several years ago, I will concede the point, <laughs> but I have a bunch of other questions if that's the case. Either way, here comes the uh, Godwinovich. Yep. He continued, as their uncredited hero, Joseph Stalin, infamously said, huh. show me the man and I will find you the crime, end quote. Uncredited. So... Stalin can finally break his NDA about what it's like to work at YouTube now. <laughs> this is going to be bigger than the WeWork documentary, everybody. You'll see. You'll see. So, you remember, um, remember the story of Jean Valjean? Oh, you know and, I do. Rosa Parks. You remember mm -hmm. Rosa Parks? Uh, that's what it's like for Eric Metaxas right now. If you combine oh. all of those. He continued, again, on Facebook, after everything you just heard, with a martyr speech, because he'll probably get executed for this by big tech. Quote, <laughs> The loss to us financially is devastating. That just made me very, very happy. Yep. But when you're speaking truth, you cannot be daunted by such things. None of my heroes ever were, and by God's grace, I never will be. We will not be silenced. This grotesque attack on free speech emboldens us dramatically in calling out Maoist and Soviet-style tactics for what they are. Maoist. An expression of deepest fear that the truth can never be silenced because it cannot, end quote. I mean, Mao and Soviet Russia actually did a pretty fantastic job of silencing sure the truth. Did. Like, yeah. We had that one video of a guy blocking a tank. But <laughs> I'm just saying, pick a less successful tyrant, <laughs> you know? I don't think the tank guy was with Mao, but yeah, that was, okay. They definitely blocked truths or whatever the fuck they wanted, <laughs> falsehoods, anything, yes. They nailed it. But just to review... The choice by YouTube, a capitalist corporation, to use their speech platform freely is Marxist to him. It's hmm. corporate Marxism. Yep. The proletariat called Google Corporation rose up and <laughs> seized the means of production from itself. Yep. Something, something Joseph Stalin. Right. And if you listen closely, do you hear that? Oh, what is? Do you hear the people sing? <laughs> Singing the songs of Andrew Matt. I think I heard the people sing. Oh, now I want an all-Christian reboot of <laughs> Les Mis. With Eric Metaskis. Yeah, Eric Metaskis, Kirk Cameron as Gavroche, <laughs> Pat Robertson as Tenardier. I'm coming up with great ideas here, people. <laughs> Wasted. Andrew Garfield could get in there. Yeah, apparently. Apparently he'd fucking take it. And in tragic The Gathering news, <laughs> MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene did an <sighs> interview with Steve Bannon last week. Stephen fucking Bannon. And <laughs> nothing tragic happened other than, of course, the content of their words. No lightning yeah. strikes, no event horizons, nothing burst into flame. So there is no God. We did confirm yeah, good that. Proof. Good proof. That's locked in. And in terms of the interview itself, it was hard to hear them over the sound of the, the bees pouring out of both of their mouths, but I'm pretty sure the main theme was that COVID is a hoax because evolution is a hoax, and the two of us represent millions of Republicans from the Christian right. Yep.
Yep. I mean, look, if anyone disproves evolution, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene's supporters. Yeah, so. and Steve Bannon personally and anybody who <laughs> supports him. Yes. So MTG MTG took some time away from taking some time away from sitting on any committee in Congress <laughs> to speak with Bannon on a show called Real America's Voice. Mine. <laughs> and much like the title would suggest, it's the saddest talent show ever created. And <laughs> they don't even sing. It's American False Idol. Fantastic. Real America does not have talent, it turns out. And <laughs> here's what Madge had to say about COVID. Quote, that's a bioweapon. So we need to be very clear about what was the intent of COVID-19 and these viruses that they experiment with like some sort of Dr. Frankenstein experiment. Huh. End quote. So, what? What does she think Frankenstein was about? What the Ooh. fuck is she picturing there? Uh, definitely something with space lasers, because you know, <laughs> you know she's pretty sure Frankenstein is a Jewish name, so. <laughs> so, yeah, pin in that, pin in the anti-Semitism thing for MTG, we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, you hear all that, you're probably wondering... Did I miss something when I read The Modern Prometheus by Mary Shelley? <laughs> and also, you're probably thinking, did Marjorie Taylor Greene read a fucking book? No. No, oh. she did not. <laughs> the answer is, I swallowed a bee. Just give me a second. Just <laughs> out, <come> back in. <clears throat> and from there, MTG explained why COVID is a hoax, plus something with Frankenstein. Quote, these viruses were not making people sick until they created them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's how time works. That is how time works. She also added, I don't buy it because I don't believe in evolution. I believe in God, end quote. Mm, nice of her to contrast the real thing and God like that. We atheists <laughs> always appreciate the help here on the podcast, just doing our work for us. So those are all real things that were said out loud by a member of U.S. Congress, but... But in fairness to MTG, there's an important piece of news from last week about what she did not say. And as far as we know, Marjorie Taylor Greene did not say people are dying who have never died before. Apparently, people were claiming she did say that. But her communications director sent an official statement to USA Today telling them, my boss did not say that thing. She knows that. Most people only die once. This is my literal job today, sending you this statement. And blam. I get blam, mic drop inside of an email somehow. I, I don't know. I guess that was a win for MTG in her head, even though, you know, people are dying who never died before. That actually would have been the only true statement from her entire interview with Bannon if she had said that during the interview. Yep, like President Trump before, it's not that she doesn't say stupid shit, it's that she didn't say that particular stupid Just shit. one, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe and not. that's the closest she got to a win this week, because <laughs> it wasn't that one. Mic drop. Also, okay, pulling the pin back out, one last thing. What? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Did she do anything this week, Al? At the age of 47. She is 47 years old. Looks great. She is just now... This week, aware that the Holocaust was actually pretty bad. It was yep, actually pretty bad. It was, it. it was kind of rough. She went to the Holocaust Museum, and afterwards, she felt like she needed to explain 
that the Holocaust was actually not, as she said originally, quite the same as mask mandates. <laughs> In retrospect, at age 47, she learned that. Okay. Imagine working at the Holocaust Museum and not punching Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is our giant glass box of children's shoes, and here's me not hitting you till you're <sighs> dead. And on that note, we're going to close out the headlines. Eli, you want to legally exclaim something that's legal? Dead. Drug dial Ted Gris's office. Okay. It's legal. And when we come back, we'll have Don Ford, voice of fantasy and adventure, for some Bible Peace Theater. But first, a word from our final sponsor, IP Vanish. Oh no! I made a gespoika! You sure did, Eli. Sure did. Hey, 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 Heath, who is this? Oh, this? Uh, this is the guy who stole your identity. What? How? I don't know, man. You probably weren't protecting yourself with. IP Vanish. What? IP Vanish? Okay, now, does that one go to me because he stole my identity? Uh, or is it identity theft guy on the spreadsheet uh, now? Okay, yeah, I don't know. That's complicated. Uh, all right, we'll email Andrew about it and just we'll move on. Okay, but if he rejects it, I'm calling for quorum. That's your third this year. You've called. If you don't want you've quorum already mediation, it's, mm. like, it's fine. What's IP Vanish counts? Fine, fine. IP Vanish is a virtual private network or a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that lets you safely browse the Internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. IPVanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the Internet. Secure on the Internet so I could safely swoosh a beep doodly do? Yeah, you, you sure could, new Eli. I call him new Eli, by the way. And for listeners of the show, IP Vanish is offering an incredible 65% off. Just $3.49 for the first month or $31.49 for the year. Wow! I could spend that on mango nectar. That's right, you could. You like that. I don't just buy mango nectar, I buy lots so of So go to ipvanish.com slash scathing to claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at just $3.49 or $31.49 a year. This is the time to sign up now. With our discount code and their current promotional offerings, you can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. IPVanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's with more than 6,000 reviews. So show these guys some love. They're repeat sponsors. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash scathing to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. All right, Heath, I'm in. Anything to get rid of this guy. Oh, I wish I was a suffering artist like Bo Burnham, but I just don't have the talent, just the depression. <laughs> Too far, Don. <laughs> hey, you're far. Too far. <laughs> Too far. That was just the right amount. So you've got your inner condiments and your outer condiments, right? Sure, yep. Inner being anything too wet for bread contact, uh, ketchup. Right, right, right. One. But also inner is for things that aren't spreadable, like mm -hmm. feta or crumbled blue cheese, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And every other condiment goes on the bread. Well, generally two go on the bread. Right, because of the size. Okay, well, what about which which two, though? Well, the ones with the boldest flavor profiles. Obvi, your, your mustard, your barbecue sauce, that kind of thing. Hey, guys. No, that um, makes Jesus, where did you come from? I... I appear in the podcast verse whenever you guys do Bible Peace Theater. Right. right. Hi, Don. Yeah, How true. are you? Hi. 
well, let's just Noah usually interrupts your opening conversation to introduce Bible Peace Theater, and he's not here this week. So I thought, you know. No, that's, yeah. that's probably good. Yeah, yeah okay. good call. We could have yeah, easily thanks. done a full segment on sandwich construction. No problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't even get into meat ordering yet. <laughs> You're right. We didn't. I'm outside in, by the way. You're right. Firm to soft. Salty to umami. Guys. Guys. Right. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, the Bible. So where are we? Let's see. We're still in Samuel 2. Saul is dead. And David is king still. More. And. Aside from the title, we really didn't get a lot of Samuel in these two chapters. No, 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 we do not. Servant. Yes, King David. Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? I, I, I'd kind of like to be kind to him, you know, for Jonathan's sake. Oh, okay. That's nice of you. Um, yeah, he's got one son left. Excellent. Well, bring him before me. Hail, King David. It is I, Mephibosheth, son of Saul. Oh, you're, um, you're lame in both of your legs. Um, yes. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. No, I just wanted that noted for the record that, um, this guy is lame in both legs. And yet, I am going to give you everything of Saul's and you can eat at my table. Oh, Wow, that's even uh, though both your legs are lame, like it's very visible. Yeah, that's 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 nice of you. Probably gonna have to move some chairs around to accommodate, but that's okay, cause I am that great a guy. Just eating with lame people, no big deal. Uh, thanks. This is my friend Shimnobath, everybody. Okay, please no. treat him like you would any other non-lame person. Okay. Treat him like a normal okay. person. Treat him like that. Okay, seriously, normal. It, it's Mephibosheth. Oh, is that what it's called? I'm so sorry. You hear that, everybody? He's not lame. He's Mephibosheth. Oh, God, okay? no. That's my, what the term he No, wants. my name... You know what? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Right. So, over in Syria, Ammon dies, and so David sends messengers to his son, Hanun, who takes over. King David... The messengers are back from Hanun. Oh, great. Yeah, send them in. Hail, King David. Oh, wow. Um, Hi, guys. New look? Yeah, kind of. So Hanun didn't think we were actually there as messengers. He thought we were spies, so he shaved our heads and beards and cut out our clothes in half down to our asses. Yep. No, I can see that. It's sort of a... Hospital gown aesthetic going on right now. Kind of look like you're in a porn parody of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah, we're well aware. We came all the way back from Syria like this. You did. You would think you would change, but, um, okay. Well, let's go fight some Syrians, huh? Yes, sir. Let's do it for sure. Uh, not you guys, though, with the cut clothes and the shaved head and beards. You just hang out in Jericho till your beards grow back. Oh, damn. I mean, you look like a black and white cookie. What am I going to do? All right. All right. So, one night during the war, David spies something he likes. Lulu, Lou, doing bath stuff. Bath stuff is my favorite stuff. Lulu, Lou. Hey, hey, servant. Who is that? Oh, her. Uh, she's Bathsheba, wife of Uriah, your most loyal and faithful soldier. Nice. Uh, hey, send her to my house so I can have sex with her. Uh, seriously? 
Oh, nope. I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. She's bathing, so it's totally cool. She's oh, going to be nice. No, no, that's not what I was worried about. No. I literally introduced her as the wife of your most faithful soldier. Oh, that's true. You did. So you should probably go to her place because he's off at the war. Good thinking, servant. Good thinking. King David. Oh, hey, Bathsheba. What's up? Uh, up for round two? Just uh, give me a second because I, no, I like no, yanked it no, 45 minutes no, ago. No, so. that's not what I was talking about. No, um, I'm still good. I just need to, I need like nope. a cuddle. No, nope. or... no. I am here to tell you I'm pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Okay, Bathsheba? well, my husband Uriah, your most faithful soldier, has been away at war. So, you know. Not a great look for me. Right, right, because everyone around... Stone me to death. They'll stone me to death. Stone me to death. Yeah. Right. That's what they do here. Yep. Yep. Rough. Okay. It is rough. Oh, uh, all right. Here's a solution. I will call Uriah back from the war. He'll have sex with you. Then you tell him you're pregnant. Bing, bang, boom. You know, get stoned to death. (sighs) Yeah, okay. I guess so. Yeah. How about that round two? Huh? Uh... I kind of want to deal with the husband thing right now. Right, sure. Yeah, let's deal with the husband thing mm-hmm. first. Got it. Uriah! King David, I am your humble servant. I lay my life at your feet. Right, awesome. Thank you. So, listen, Uriah. Mm. Oh, you've been working so hard out there, bud. Killing Ammonites or whoever we're fighting right now. Yep. Why don't you just, like, go home and, uh, you know, wash your feet, if you know what I mean. Wash my feet. Uh, you know, get your feet wet, because feet means penis in the Bible. They changed it. Right, so you want me to pee on my feet? Nope, not, nope, nope. I want you to go have sex with your wife. I am telling you to go have sex with your wife. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you, yeah. King David. Yeah, great. So... Uh, but I cannot. As our people slept on the ground as we escaped from Israel, as our men sleep on the earth and they battle, I shall sleep outside the door of your house. No, don't have to do that. You can just go home and have sex with your wife. Not, do not while our men out there are sleeping in the dirt for your glorious cause. I shall sleep. Right here on the door to your house. Okay. Hey, Uriah. Yes. Buddy. King David, my love for you is like a mountain. Thank you. I also like you. So you've been here a couple days now, prostrating yourself and stuff right in my doorway. I've missed like four Amazon deliveries. Why don't you relax, huh? Let's take the edge off with a drink or seven. Drink with you, sire. It would be my honor. An honor, yes. Let's get some drinks in you. Let's do it. King David. King David. Hi. Hi, Uriah. Right here, buddy. You you feeling good? Oh. (laughs) So good. I, I had some wine. And, um, and, uh, some grapes and, 
You, you know what they say about grapes? What's that? What do they say? <laughs> Wine is made out of them. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep. That's, no, that's a good one. I love that. So, hey, buddy, I, I'm betting you could use a little foot wetting right now, huh? Getting your feet wet? You feel like that? Uh, oh, oh, right. Like, uh, the metaphor thing. Um, I I should go f uh, uh, feed my penis, right? Nope. Sex, buddy. Oh. Did you want to have some sex? Do you want to have sex now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. I I am I'm going to. Um, yeah. Um, I am going to go have sex. Yes. With one of your servants, yes. Nope. Oh, funny. yes. That is not what I want. You know what? It's fine. He's gone. Woo! Tom Copter! Joab. Uriah, you're back from King David's. Yes. I returned to battle. He gave me this letter to bring to you. Okay, great. So, uh, let's see what it says here. Dear Joab. Please put this guy somewhere where he'll get killed as quickly as possible. Don't sweat it. Trust me, he's the worst. King David. Um, yeah, so did you read this before you gave it to me? No, sir, it was not for me. I would never do that. Oh, okay, okay. But my sword is ready to pee on its feet. Okay, so, sorry, you're what? Oh, no, it's an expression going around the palace. I don't expect you to get it. Right, right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, well, why don't you head to the front, huh? Like, right up at, like, right up at the front of the battle and, uh, pee on your sword, or whatever you just said. Yes, to victory! Right, yep, to victory. Mm-hmm. Bathsheba, I have returned! King David, you convinced my husband to return and have sex with me? I <laughs> better... I actually had him killed in war, and now I'm going to marry you. Oh, um, okay, that, that wasn't the plan. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No. But this is better, huh? Right now, now we get to be married. Yep, we do. Yeah! 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 Yep. You don't, yay. You don't seem excited. No, I, I said, yay, I, I totally am. Uh, it's just, well, when we make plans, I wish you would talk to me before you change them like that. Okay, it's just that, that then I wouldn't be able to surprise you. Well, yeah, it's not really a surprise if you change our plans. That's not really what that okay, means. Okay, you never much. appreciate anything I do. This is I, exactly I mean, what I was okay, talking. in this case, you literally killed my husband, so... Still, still, it was a is nice still? thing I did. Nathan! Nathan! Oh. Uh, oh, hey, God. I am mad at David again. Um... Can't, can't you just go talk to him? No, no, that's what I have you for. Oh. Tell him I'm mad at him for the Bathsheba thing. I, uh, okay, I'll, I'll tell him. Okay, but don't, don't just say it. Like, hint at it, you know, like say, ooh, say you have a story about something else, but then it's actually about him. Um, seriously? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, are you busy doing something else other than serving the god of the universe? I mean, no. That's what I thought. Go tell him a story. Okay. Hail, King David. Oh, hey, Nathan, what's up? Uh, god want another house? Um, no, no. Uh, 
He, um, wants me to tell you a story. Oh, nice. I love stories. Hit me. Okay, so once upon a time. Oh, sorry, and, sorry. Are you not going to doodly-doo? Uh, oh, um, uh, sure, sure. I am a rich man, and I have many lambs. And I am a poor man, and I have but one lamb, but I love her as my own daughter. Boring. I'm sorry, what? Boring. I'm bored, Nathan. Where's the relationship? Where's the tension in the story, man? Dude, it's a parable, and and that's what's in the Bible. I don't care. I don't care. We gotta give the people some zing. Zing. Drama, Nathan. Zing. Okay. Um, fine. Fine. I am a rich man, and I have many lambs. And I am a poor man, and I have just one lamb. Mm, uh, Okay, and, and, we are brothers. From Boston. Yeah, yeah, that's right, from Boston. Hey, literal bro, literal Uh, bro. Give me your lamb, and uh, I want to give it to this visitor. What the fuck, bro? You know I've only got one fucking lamb. I'm taking it anyway. I'm fucking taking it. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no! Wow. Nathan, I gotta tell you, at first I was like, mm-hmm. these characters don't matter and the story is boring. But then, then you gave them Boston accents and I was just like, I need to give this guy a golden statue. Do you want a golden statue, Nathan? Uh, no. No, thank you. Um, I, I really want to give you one. Okay, I mean, thanks, but, um, no. Did you learn anything from the story, though? Um... I mean, like, the moral about taking someone's one thing when you have a lot of a thing, or... You should kill and eat Jeff Bezos. Uh, fair, but did you learn anything legal from the story? The rich guy is bad. Okay, okay, great, great. So, yeah, so uh, uh, a heads up. Uh, God is mad at you, and your nation will always be at war, and your neighbor's going to fuck your wives in front of you. Whoa, what? Did you not pick that up from the story? No, I didn't pick that up. Is that it? I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know know what? Don't don't worry. God God forgives you, and your baby's going to die. I'm sorry, my baby is going to die? I'm sorry, did I not mention that? No, you did not mention that in the story. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. (sighs) Not very good at this, am I? And sure enough, that night, David's son that Bathsheba bore him grew ill, and so David began to fast and pray in hope of winning God's forgiveness. God on high, hear my prayer in my need. Um... Eli, what the hell are you doing? I'm doing God on High from Les Mis. Yeah, man. Give it the program. Um, I know. Obviously. I know God on High from Les Mis. I'm just pretty sure we can't use that song. I'm pretty sure singing it as King David counts as parody. And, and I'm pretty sure you don't have a high A. I do. Too. You don't know, Don. I could have okay, a high well, A. I probably doesn't have a high A. Yeah, I no, do. I, mean, I do. Listen. Really? Bring him home. No. No. You want us to keep that? Scooping that was perfect. I'm going to no. kill your families. I'll kill both your families. Right, whatever. I don't have a family. <laughs> King David, 
Yes, servant. Yeah, it's your son. Um, hate to tell you, he's dead. Oh. Well, then. Uh, what are you doing there? Oh, what's it look like? I'm starving. But I just told you about the dead son. You were fasting and praying. Yeah, but it didn't work, so, you know, mount your clock, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Just, I really thought that was going to be a savable moment in this book. I thought I was going to oh, be sorry, I wasn't listening to whatever you were just yep. saying. Okay. Hey, 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 can you tell Bathsheba I am ready to fuck? Because we got to make another son, am I right? Okay. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back in a month for even more Bible Peace Theater. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday. An even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. And if your insatiable curiosity about what our editor, Morgan Clark's voice sounds like, has turned into a medical need, you can check out our sister's uncle's cousin's show, D&D minus the first Friday after the first Wednesday of every month at 7 a.m. As always, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Heath Enright for being the mint to my upside-down chai latte in a vase. No illusion for being the black coffee that most of you ordered, and Lucinda illusions for taking such great care of him while he recovers from his third and final oral surgery. Big thanks to all of you, by the way, who reached out with kind words and encouragement. I know they mean the world to Noah, even though he'd never tell you that because he's like if a cowboy was your dad. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's new patrons who... Noah showed me how to thank this week, but then I forgot, even though he told me not to forget. But honestly, Patreon is just so complicated, and he has this spreadsheet that I'm supposed to plug the things into. But it's, it's in the analytics folder, so how am I even supposed to find the analytics folder? And he's like, oh, you can just search for it by name. I, anyways, if you think about it, it's Noah's fault. Together, these majestic motherfuckers have mounted the malfeasance against religious mummery by giving us money. If you'd like to give us money, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn access to an extended, ad-free version of every episode. Or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the Donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help or you're trapped in a time loop till you fuck Andy McDowell, you can share the show on social media and give us a five-star review everywhere you get your podcasts. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the offices of B. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote the music used in this episode, which was used with his permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Sorry about that, Morgan. I'm just going to go from the top of the story here. Sorry, Morgan. Try to be professional here. I'm you trying. Know what's it's top of the story. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Warning, if you're offended by vulgar language, you might want to lay back on your fainting couch in advance. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Adam and Eve and by Novocaine. Because as bad as dental work sucks, it used to suck more. Go science. And now... The Scathing Atheist. I'm Christian. I'm Maggie. I'm Nikki. I'm Sandra. I'm George. I'm Hertzie. And I am Alicia Ann. 
As admins of the Puzzle in the Thunderstorm Facebook group, we can confirm that we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men, women, and NBs. Now stop posting dicks in the group, guys. No real dicks, no fake dicks, no silicone dicks, no dicks. July 1st. And Noah's back! Woo! Thank you. Oh, and you wrote into the notes that I missed you too, Eli. That was nice of you. I'm (laughs) Noah Illusions. Uh, Who had zero seconds for him killing that moment. I had zero. zero. I'm Eli Bosnick. (laughs) Okay, I'm Ethan Wright. And from Carmen the Christian Singers, New Jersey. Cincinnati Red State and Red Town Blue State. This is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Noah's back, so I don't have to do work anymore. Republicans are pretty sure the critical race theory was calling from inside the (laughs) house. And Ken Ham will learn how hard he can fuck himself. But first, the diatribe. If you want to know what it's like to acclimate to dentures, here's what you do. Go grab a jar of peanut butter, take off the lid, and stick it in your mouth. Now hold it there while you talk to people and eat your lunch. It's like that, only with sores all over your gums. Now, I have it on good authority that most people eventually get used to it and carry on like they did when they still had teeth. But I've talked to enough people now to know that some folks also don't. Right? Some people wear them only at work or when they're in public or when they have to, and they learn to eat with their gums, and they just get used to sounding kind of funny when they talk. And given that I talk for a living, that knowledge scared the hell out of me. There was a point a few days after I got my teeth evicted where I wondered if I was going to have to start looking for another job. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, you saw all of this playing out in real time. A lot of people who wear dentures are embarrassed to admit it, and a lot of people who have trouble with them are embarrassed to admit that they're getting their asses kicked by something that their grandma managed to get through, but I'm an open book. The whole point of crafting the No Illusions persona was so that I could be completely honest with you, so I publicly documented the entire ordeal in a series of long and admittedly self-pitying Facebook posts. And I'm really glad I did, because my friends on Facebook were the main resource I used to get through the anxiety that was otherwise crippling me through those first couple of weeks. See, I'm really lucky in that regard. Between fans of the show, the online atheist communities that I'm a part of, my real-life friends, and my family, I've got a really robust social support network. So in addition to business partners that were perfectly okay with me easing myself back into work over a month-long period, I had a ton of emotional support when I was shrouded in depression. I had so many people trying to help me from so many different directions that one of them was bound to get through. Hell, it's the same reason I was able to quit smoking. It was because of you. And the whole time I'm basking in all the encouragement and sympathy, I kept thinking about what a fucking demon you would have to be to take that away from someone. See, like like a lot of introverted atheists, I never really had a social support network before. I, I never went to church. I've never belonged to a club I'm not particularly close to anybody in my family. I've always had friends, but, you know, not of the share our problems and be vulnerable with one another variety. So when I heard about churches that ostracize members and encourage people to shun their own family, I knew it was a terrible thing to do, but I didn't recognize how terrible. You know those studies you see from time to time that show how religious people live longer than non-religious people? Yeah, this is why. 
when you just look at religious people who don't regularly attend a church, you see that difference disappear. You're just like it does when you compare churchgoers with atheists who belong to groups that meet regularly. Now, religious people trot that statistic out all the time as though it supports their faith somehow. But what it really tells you is that when you withdraw support from apostates, you're taking years off their lives. Right? Like the weaponization of the social support network has deadly consequences. Still, though, it's something that religions are better at than us. I mean, I I get why newly minted atheists are leery of anything that remotely smells like a church. And at a certain point, any group that meets regularly might start smelling like a church. And I also get why introverts are hesitant to put themselves through the anxiety of trying to join a club or go to a weekly meeting of any kind. But you still owe it to yourself to try. Maybe you're like me and you never had a social support network, so you think you're fine without one. Maybe you had one ripped away from you by some heartless tenant of your former faith and don't want to leave yourself vulnerable to that again, but you still owe it to yourself. And if that's not enough to convince you, think of all the people that might need you. You could be the reason that somebody smiles for the first time in days. You could be the reason somebody realizes that they can too carry on. You can be the reason somebody gets out of bed in the morning and tries again. Hell, some of you are already that reason for me and you probably don't even know it. The biggest failing of the atheist community is in its inclusivity. Our charge, and and by our, I mean Heath, Eli, Lucinda, and myself, is to create that community, right? That was the whole point of starting the show. And I think that by and large, we've succeeded in it. But our success is proportional to the number of people who can benefit from that community, right? Like if nobody gets the advantage but me, it's a miserable fucking failure. Look, I get it. People are assholes. The internal politics of any club get to be a pain in the ass eventually. Social gatherings can be stressful as hell. Obligations to other people are a burden by definition. And maybe you think you don't need them. Maybe you think you're fine on your own. And maybe you're even right. But even if you don't need the community, the community might still need you. And if it turns out you were wrong and you actually do need a community to support you, it'll be too late to find one. Hi. I'm Eli Bosnick, here with our resident, sexually inexperienced cast member, Heath Enright, to tell you all about this week's sponsor, AdamandEve.com. It's not, I'm not inexperienced. I am selective. I'm a sex connoisseur, I guess is how I would say it. Adam and Eve is a sex and sex work positive LGBTQ friendly company that loads on the free fuck stuff. So today, I'll be quizzing Heath on some of their products to see if he can guess what they are. Heath, are you ready? I am not ready. I don't like this. Just can you can you just read the ad copy? All right. First up, Heath. What kind of product is Eve's sweetheart swirl? Uh, Is it a candy? Oh, I'm afraid not. It is a solid glass dildo. And if you wanted to purchase that dildo, you could for 50% off plus free shipping using the code scathing at checkout. All right. Let's do another one. Heath, where do Magnus's mighty magnetic orbs go? Um. I feel like that's in your butt. Is it nope. in your butt? No, nope. so close. They are for your nipples. What? Nipples. Yes. And assuming you bought them using the code scathing at checkout, you'd get 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's scathing, S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G, offer code scathing at checkout at adamandeve.com. One last one for you here, Heath. What is the Liberator Wanda? The glass dildo. Ooh, so close. It is a pillow you put your wand massager in. Come on. Yeah. So remember, everyone, don't be a Heath and get your sex stuff at adamandeve.com. Adamandeve.com. All the sex stuff you know about and a bunch of it you don't. A pillow like 
to sleep on? Yeah. It is? No, like to sleep on. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight is the schmear to my everything, Eli Bosnick. Eli, are you ready to spread the good word? Okay, not spread, he's schmear. We're going to schmear the good word. Okay, I evolved it from that one. It's fine. <laughs> I'll explain later. In our lead story tonight, we're going to start with a quick little exercise to make sure we have the right audience for this. Ooh, so all right. Get into the topic. Nice and slow. Critical race theory. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and now that we've scared away the bigots who tuned in because they heard atheism had merged with the far right, that's not this show. <laughs> Go away. Good. You're gone. Now we can talk about a concept that is illegal to teach in public schools, including <sighs> universities in a growing handful of bigot states. So in very simple terms, critical race theory is just saying, all right, guys, History happened. Yep. And there's been racism. That's it. Mm. Just don't be a liar when you talk about it. Just don't lie. That's part <laughs> of it. So now the liars are fucking terrified. And, of course, that includes pretty much the entire Christian right. Anna? What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. That's right. The Christian white is freaking out. Yes, they are. And that most definitely includes their drizzly mascot, Pat Robertson. He joined the panicky chorus last week, and he called critical race theory, quote, a monstrous evil. Okay. Do you think P. Robes has uh, things Christians are mad about, but I don't understand at all, Mad Libs at the ready? Because this <laughs> felt like a Mad Libs. Very Mad Libs. So uh, that's almost everything he does. Yeah, I think that's just the format of his show you just described. So, just in case anyone missed it, here's a tiny bit more detail on critical race theory. It's an academic framework that very correctly includes our long history of systemic racism as an important piece of context for examining our political institutions and our entire socioeconomic structure. Yeah, one might say it's a growing competitor in the marketplace of ideas, actually. <laughs> but the fucking bad guys called time out on that whole thing. That messes up their... their argument for this particular moment so they call time out and as part of their campaign to stifle free speech with big government that's what they're doing now as part of that campaign twitchy conservative white america is turning critical race theory into this insane caricature of all their deepest fears like they were huffing with scarecrow <laughs> and here's what pat robertson thinks critical race theory is and you know, what? we're going to need to take this in pieces. It's yep. fucking rough. Mm -hmm. He starts by saying, quote, critical race theory says that people of color have been oppressed by the white people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> and that white people begin to be racist by the time they're two or three months old. Okay. So kind of went downhill there after the first half. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I don't want to play translate Pat Robertson into reality, but it's kind of our job. We kind of, so that's our thing. I think what he's referencing is a study done at the University of Toronto that shows that babies might associate sad or negative music I'm, with darker skinned people. Absolutely not what he's talking about. Okay. But he could also just have pulled that out of his ass. Yes, he's Pat Robertson. There are no rules. No, there's there's you think he's referencing a study from a university right now. <laughs> I I don't fair. Fair. From Canada. You think he knows where <laughs> Toronto is? No, absolutely none of that. It's not coming together. You're right. It's not that. Okay. <laughs> he continued with his definition here. Therefore, 
people of color have to rise up and overtake their oppressors. <laughs> and then, having gotten the whip handle, if I can use the term, and no, you cannot. You absolutely cannot. <laughs> hey, hey. Very few people can use the term less, Pat Robertson. Yep. Very few. No, you may not. Are you asking? Could somebody stop you in, <laughs> in the studio, maybe, if you're going to ask rhetorical questions? God damn it. Okay. Whatever. He actually said, having gotten the whip handle, they're going to instruct their white neighbors how to behave. Wow. So... He had to use the term whip handle when talking about black people yes, because did. it's the only metaphor he can think of for teaching people to behave. It's, even if it's not the only one, that's the one he said. He, Ooh, that, he thought of that. You double extra can't use that term, Pat Robertson. More. Jesus. Extra. No. <laughs> You're really bad at Mad Libs, man. You're really so bad. bad. It's just you need, you need a few guidelines about that. <laughs> All right, and here is the big close from Pat Robertson. This is the way the communists take over. <laughs> I don't, like, when, when is he? Yep. What is he talking mm -hmm. about? How is this communist related? Anyway, he continues. They try to destroy the children. It's a monstrous evil. You don't want to have your children in third grade indoctrinated into a hate group so that he'll wind up hating people or hating himself. And so the white people are supposed to feel guilty and they're supposed to have white guilt and the people of color are supposed to cleanse them of that guilt by taking over. Again, it's a monstrous evil, end quote. Okay. At least we can comfort ourselves knowing that he alienated a bunch of his audience by saying you don't want your kids getting into a hate group. That's going to cost <laughs> it, right? That's going to that's gonna hurt his numbers. <laughs> and just the record, if you go back through Robertson's little speech there, and you switch out critical race theory for Christianity as what he was talking about, a bunch of that ridiculous fucking rant actually becomes accurate. Mm -hmm. Christian people do tell their neighbors how to behave. Their kids do become bigots. They join hate groups. Yep. It's monstrous evil. It really fixes a bunch of that if you make that switch. <laughs> when, when you are is actually a good argument. <laughs> not a good sign like at the end of it i could have said you are in the studio and he would have had to be like oh yeah damn damn also one other thing if this whole backlash to critical race theory seems to have come out of nowhere no it hasn't <laughs> this has been workshopped by religion for years now and now that they have the support of a bunch of christian politicians they're putting it into action you know like religion does so the whole thing for a separate reason i was looking this up by my own research, and keep in mind that just means searching our Google Docs for keywords. Oh, you didn't go to the University of Toronto? Yeah, for I, didn't, I didn't go to UT for this. But okay. by, on our show, Christians have been plotting a backlash to critical race theory for more than three years. So, yeah, we don't just keep our eyes on these assholes for the fun of it. We do it because in four years, they're going to be making laws about what they're workshopping in front of their congregations today. Guaranteed. And in the bookie of life news, <laughs> Christian health insurance is a giant scam. Actually, you know what? Sorry. Let me start over. Yeah. Christianity is a giant scam. There we go. Much also, better. <laughs> pretty much anything that starts with the word Christian or Christianity. And that includes so-called Christian health insurance. Here's how it works. Step one, God's an asshole. Mm -hmm. Step two 
in order to spread out the risk of God being a giant asshole across a big group of Christian people, they collect a bunch of money from everyone. And then if someone in the group gets sick, giant asterisk pin in that. <laughs> if somebody gets sick, they tell some healthy people to send their premiums straight to the sick person. And then step three, if you have a non-biblical health need, go fuck yourself. Okay. End of list. So they do understand collectivism. <laughs> they just, just yeah. they need the word okay. Christian at the front. Also, just to be clear, this is very similar to regular insurance in its general concept. Sure. Health insurance companies are giant legalized bookies who take bets about the life and death of human beings. And they profit by taking a middleman cut and by trying to mostly gamble on healthy people. And, of course, by refusing to pay out as much as possible. Same racket for the Christian health insurance companies, except they have no rules at the Christian ones. <laughs> and by the way, that's relative to the current health insurance yep. industry. Yeah. They're more problematic than that in terms of under-regulation. They're basically a segregated country club that can kick you out after years of paying dues if they find out that you know a black person or you're part of a same-sex marriage or you want anything uterus-related for your health, mm -hmm. or literally just because you got sick, which then makes you a bad bet in retrospect. It's insane. In gambling terms, they're allowed to play poker with you until you win a hand, and then they can call timeout retroactively starting before that hand that you won. Only religion could figure out too evil for health insurance companies. They did it. They religion did it. is the Serena Williams of evil. You think okay, they can't break through, and I, then... I, I like that you're doing a sports thing, and I see that, yes, Serena, it's in a positive thing, sort of, if you really think about what you're saying there, but I don't like associating. She's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Anyway, go. <laughs> if you want to hear more about this giant scam... Check out the June 27th episode of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight. They've done a handful of great takedowns of the Christian blank industry, yes, including Prosperity Gospel and now health insurance. And Oliver's British, so, you know, it's automatically smarter and funnier somehow. It's not fair, but that is how it works. It or, it works. or you could check out the June 7th episode of Opening Arguments. Yes, absolutely. Which, I was going to add that, too. That's, that's a great point. I'm and just saying, either, either Opening Arguments has a time machine they aren't telling us about, or they have a fan at last week's night. <laughs> I'm pretty like, sure they have a fan. Yeah, this is the ninth time OA has done an episode on something, and then John Oliver's done one right afterwards. I'm, I'm not accusing John Oliver of anything nefarious, but just like, guys, you can hire Andrew. If we can hire Andrew, HBO can hire <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Okay, what about Thomas? I'm pretty sure T-Dog's all ours. I think okay, Thomas either way, either way, here's the moral of the story. Two big takeaways. First of all, don't get involved with anything that starts with the word Christian. Good. This is a really good heuristic good in advice. life. Yeah. And also, shouldn't they do a prayer pool instead of a money pool? Like, that should be plenty if they're not giant liars. If you're not lying, yeah. it's just a prayer pool and you're fine. And if they did that by accomplishing exactly nothing, which is what happens with the prayer pool, by doing nothing, these Christian health insurance companies would actually be way less problematic yeah, than they yeah. are now if they stopped doing money and just did prayers. Yeah, the no would be way better. The zero would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great news. <sighs> and in failure pile in a sadness bowl news, <laughs> we have a story about Mike 
Lindell. Yes, we do. And also, you know what? We have an apology for KFC about what I said just now. <laughs> Mike Lindell is way sadder than Patton Oswalt's description of a KFC famous bowl. Yeah. And Lindell gave us another delightful example of that fact when he stopped ugly crying into his very uncomfortable pillow for a minute to headline the latest stop on the Republican Desperation Concert Series last week. And he told the audience... Okay, we keep having these failure galas, and I keep headlining them, and I keep getting this wrong. I keep saying wrong stuff about this. Oh, all right, check it out. I'm going to do this one more time. Donald Trump is definitely going to be back in the White House. This time I'm saying by this fall, like for real this time. This fall he's back. Okay, in. can we take the bet? Because, Mike, we'll give you fantastic <laughs> odds, buddy. I'm talking Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, buddy. I'm Whoa. really good odds. Look at you naming a sports thing. That's yeah. like, that made sense. That I, know, I was thing. in a bar trying to get cool, and ESPN was on. Yeah, so. okay. There it is. Yeah. There it is. So the latest failure gala was the Restore America Rally in Tampa, Florida. Florida. Yep. Yeah, yep, Florida. Right. Nailed it. It was hosted by the River Church. If that sounds familiar, it's because the head pastor at the River Church is Rodney Howard Brown. Ooh. He's the guy who hires very obvious plants to sit in his megachurch audience and have laughing fits. Yep. And then something with Jesus happens. Yeah, There's like clear. a magic thing at the end somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Also, that guy helped kill a bunch of people with COVID. Mm -hmm. So the big rally included that guy, Rodney Howard Brown, along with Lindell, Greg Locke, Roger Stone oh. and Michael Flynn. Okay. Those are the Look, I'm not saying it's as bad as 2020, but 2021 has a very series finale feel to it, right? All the bad guys are coming back. I'm just saying there's a vibe. There's a vibe that things are wrapping up. But despite all that competition, all those people I mentioned, Mike Lindell managed to outstupid the whole pack. It's impressive. And it wasn't even close. The concentration of stupid and wrong, it's almost chemically impossible. I don't know how he did it. And I'm actually curious how he stacks up. So you remember a few weeks ago, we had a story about Greg Locke, and he, he scored like six different stupid wrong points in like a 100 words or so. Yeah. Pretty much the same amount of time as Lindell's thing that we're going to tell you about here. So, Eli, you think you can keep score for us as we go? Oh, all right. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so according to Lindell... Quote, we're bringing in all the cyber guys. One. That, that is one, yes. Yeah. Then we're bringing all the media. Two. <laughs> and then we're going to bring in all senators, governors, even the corrupt ones, Brian Kemp, and legislatures, secretary of states. Fuck, it's secretaries of state, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and also every single government official that wants to be there. I'm counting that all as one. That was one sentence, so three. three. Okay, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're being generous with just giving you one there. That's three. Fine. Continuing. Because when we show them these packet captures, we're going to give them out to all them cyber guys. Four. <laughs> so they can have their own guy go, how many votes were flipped here in Tampa? Okay, that's a and lie about a lie. Five? Negative <laughs> one. Heath, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. Fine. Yeah, we'll call that five, I guess. Five. Yeah. So he says, we're, we're going to give, give them to the cyber guys so they can have their own guy. 
and go, how many votes were flipped there in Tampa? Here you go. Boom. It's going to be a worldwide event. Six. <laughs> Millions are going to see it. Seven. And the Supreme Court is going to go nine zero that this country was attacked. Eight. Donald Trump will be in office by this fall for sure. Nine. The record End stands quote. at nine, ladies and gentlemen. We got a nine. Nine. <laughs> I checked again. There was 114 words from Lindell. <sighs> nine stupid wrong points, and we were being generous. Okay. And I still haven't mentioned one extra moment here. This <sighs> is haunting us, ladies and gentlemen. I don't gentlemen. know. This is fucking nuts. I have no idea how to score this. Y you call it. Uh, see what you can do. He's... <laughs> He finishes. He finishes with this. He said, it's called a quo warranto. And he realizes that he just made a series of noises, not like words, I'm pretty uh -huh. sure. So he tries again. And he says, it's called quote warranto. And then he just moves on. I had no idea what the, I tried to Google this so many different ways. I so watched the clip spellings. so many times. I watched it over and over trying to figure out what the noises might have been. The internet had no fucking idea what I was talking about. No idea at all. So what's the score for that? Okay, I don't have a score. I have a theory. Okay. Keith Enright. Could he have been trying to say quid pro quo? Absolutely not. No, it's it all was, that we have, Heath. We are it, working blind. The, the, <laughs> the note, the the noise was quarn. Oh, there's a quid. There's a quo. The, 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 the letter three. Q was in it, but that doesn't. It's not. the The first vowel noise was not I. It was O for sure. <laughs> so he tried to say like quod prick. No, no, I don't accept that. Absolutely not. Fair. So, fair. yeah, that was nonsense, nearly incomprehensible. But I'm slowly learning to speak Lindell, I think. So tell me if I have this right, just All the right. general concept. Mm -hmm. He has cyber guys, all of them, actually, according yep. to what he said. Yep. And he's pretty sure they're in possession of physical objects yep. that physically contain Internet cyber votes that are visibly flipped somehow Yeah, on the flight they're, map. They're going to hand those physical objects out on video and the Supreme Court is going to re-elect Donald Trump 9 to 0 because God and pillows and flop sweat and quell warrant dull? Okay. Our words? Heathleton, Bethesda, and right. Look at me. Look at my heart. Squirrel warrants. Troll. Look at me. I have never meant this more than I mean it right now. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you might have already heard, Noah's still recovering from major dental surgery, but we've already got him back for today's episode, and he will be all the way back for everything very soon. But before that happens, we have a handful of headlines that we didn't air yet that I recorded with Eli over the last few weeks. I'm still and here. Here they are already in progress. Next up in headlines, in Adam and Easement's news, the owner of Aries Tax Service in Radcliffe, Kentucky, Kenneth Lee Randall, is running a special deal right now for new customers. He'll prepare your taxes for just $55 if you file electronically, bring in some pieces of paperwork, and promise not to be gay. Wow. Okay, well, new project. This is going to be fun. I will <laughs> happily pay for this. You, Eli Bosnick, 
are going to hire this guy. Yeah. You are going to send him your pallet of shoe boxes full of whatever, like old tiny calculator tape and cryptex riddles, cowrie shells, whatever you have that makes up your tax paperwork. Because I've spoken with our accountant, Tony, after you've done that, and he has gone mad. I, Tony would happily pay for this, too. We could probably get Tony to pay for it. Absolutely. Tony's all in on this. Yes, on his sign, which expresses that he also takes debit cars, item J on his list of requirements for the $55 service is, quote, homosexual marriage not recognized, end quote. Fuck your face. Which is weird, because the taxes he's offering to prepare do acknowledge homosexual marriage. You'd think he'd understand he was missing something. Yeah. Also, I will be delivering his... $55 $55 fee in the form of 5,500 matchbox cars with a penny stuffed in each one. <laughs> Most people don't take debit cars, but this guy does. I'm bringing him he debit does. cars. Debit cars. It's on the sign. And when asked about this, Randall doubled down on his bigotry, telling the Courier Journal that he has a, quote, moral objection to homosexual marriage, adding, quote, I have filed and do file for homosexuals who are single as I do not ask about sexual preferences prior to filing a return. Good for you, man. Good for fucking you. This is legal, as I have already researched this. End quote. Okay. That's not how it works. It's not legal. You researching it had nothing to do with the legality. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just a weird moment. He's like, "Am am I being a bigot legally? Great interview question, Courier Journal. (laughs) Yes, I am. And I researched it. What the fuck? And by the way, he's right. It is legal in Kentucky to discriminate against gay people. Yeah. Just in case you wondered why there was still plenty for us to scathe about. And in great spite North News, we have an amazing story out of Canada about telling religion to go fuck itself. Ooh. And it all starts with the Grace Life Church in Edmonton. You might remember them from a couple weeks ago when we talked about their pastor, James Coates, Jimmy C, who responded to the global pandemic by turning his church into a giant COVID Petri dish, just like God intended. Mm -hmm. And because Canada is delightfully passive aggressive, the Alberta Health Department showed up 18 different times (laughs) to help the pastor, you know, spread out chairs and Wipe down all the agar gel full of disease that he has <laughs> so that that church might be able to pass a health inspection. And they failed every single time. 18 <laughs> fails in a row. That's 0 for 18. And that's why there's a giant chain link fence around the entire building now. Because Canada has a rule that says buildings full of plague get shut down, at least after 18 <laughs> failures full of plague. Okay. I love the big chain link fence, but I still feel like they should have gone for the back and forthy velvet ropes like at Disneyland. I mean, the cardio <laughs> requirement alone would have dropped his attendance by 75%, people. Think. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I know this is just an obvious response, like a very simple, obvious response to a giant public health hazard. Yeah. But that level of basic logic is so foreign to us Americans. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like this exotic show on Nat Geo about logic (laughs) in its natural environment. And the fence is just the latest. We also got to watch Pastor Coates very easily lose a game of chicken and get arrested, which was also great. He spent the last year just daring the Canadian government to do something. And eventually they were like, okay, you're, you're under arrest. And 
Now your whole building is blocked <laughs> up. Did you see this as a game of chicken? This is just a win-win What happens if we you're get stupid. Now we you're under win. arrest. There was nothing for us to be afraid of. There's no chicken. You're just under arrest now. I thought maybe you would turn into a ditch. Why? There's no Why ditch. Why would I turn We're government. No. <laughs> and again, I know it sounds silly to marvel at this, but laws count in Canada. Like what? for everyone. They are a fascinating species. Oh, and they never use condoms. God, it's it's that, great there. I'm not 100% never. sure that that's It's true. like a very important thing. <laughs> Trust though. Poor well, Noah not here to stop <laughs> So just pretend Noah jumped in and corrected you whatever you just said. Pretend that Noah said they use condoms. Yeah. So most of Canada is super happy about the very helpful anti-plague fence. We actually have a couple of listeners, good friends. They uh they confirmed that most of Edmonton and the Edmonton area is very happy about the anti-plague yeah. fence. So uh yeah, hi Jordan, hi Jenny. But naturally, the Grace Life people had a freak out. They do not get a jingle from Anna, by the way. We're not doing no, a freak absolutely. out jingle. No. Their freak out included an absurdly long Instagram post from Erin Coates, the wife of the pastor, that said, quote, Now they've chained the doors of Grace Life Church in closing in chain link fence. This is all under the guise of a health order. Too bad the church isn't a building. Uh? It's a blood-bought people. Christ has and will prevail, end quote. It's a blood-bought people. That was terrifying. I don't know. Is she sure she's describing her tax-free wish building and not uh, Jet Li's character in Unchained? Because <laughs> sounds like she's describing Jet Li's character in <laughs> Unchained. Exactly what it sounds like, yes. <laughs> blood-bought people. That's terrifying. There's no good use of that. No, no nobody has ever no. made a good, salient, measured point that includes the phrase blood-bought people. Except just now. Even if you were stopping it. Yeah. Even if you said, we are putting a stop to blood-bought people, <laughs> someone should be like, oh, you need a better Dude, way to just, put it. I mean, phrasing, <laughs> I, I agree, but still, that's crazy. You sound crazy. <laughs> now, of course, they also had a protest, like a physical protest, because mm -hmm. their magic only works in that one building. Which is weird, though. It, it seems like they'd be fine just doing their magic anywhere. After all, they're a yeah. blood-bought people, not a building. <laughs> But no, they showed up to yell about persecution at the actual building. Yeah. If only there were a part of the Bible about being able to pray at home. They should put that in the Bible. They should no. Or they no, should read the Bible, is what I should say. It says you need yeah. a blood-bought people. <laughs> <laughs> so they yelled about persecution for a while, but then they got distracted literally by their own racism. It's so And good. they went across the street to a piece of land owned by the Enoch Cree Nation to do some harassment, vandalism, and attempted assault on the indigenous people of Canada. But then they got redistracted by their own persecution <laughs> narrative again, and they went back to the fence and tore some of it down. And this leads to my favorite part, which I spelled with a U. Favorite with a U part. <laughs> the fence breaking backfired in beautiful Canadian fashion. This is so good. When a few of the protesters actually felt bad and they very politely helped fix the fence that their <laughs> idiot friends had damaged. Please let us move to your country. Please. Please. I never use condoms. <laughs> Next up in headlines in OK Stupid News. America, it's a difficult place for Christian men. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard for them, especially 
when it comes to finding a female servant to fall in love with. Preach. You gotta go to church in person. You have to hope the woman you meet isn't just lying about her enthusiasm about the misogyny out of the extreme social pressure she faces. So common. And, and then you have to trick her into liking you, even though the context of the entire situation is that you're human garbage. Yeah. And yes, the man is in charge, but until you're married, her dad is the owner, actually. It's tricky stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're probably thinking, there must be a better way. Well, it's finally here. It's called <laughs> Dominion Dating. And there's no feminism allowed. It's in the rules. <laughs> Do you pinky swear to be human, chattel? Because this is serious, guys. Super serious dating. Okay, you click on a thing that says, I agree to be human, chattel. It's seriously what's happening. It's fucking here. iTunes terms and conditions. Terrifying. Yes, that's real. So, you know, if you're tired of going on Christian Mingle and finding nothing but militant, woke feminists who need to shut their whore mouth, you will love Dominion Dating. Here's a few highlights from their official members agreement. I was not exaggerating about that. <laughs> First and foremost, she, the woman on this site, has to declare that Jesus Christ is both Savior and Lord. He's fucking both. He's both. You have to declare. <laughs> Halfway asshole. <laughs> yeah. The guys have to declare that too. Everybody declares Savior and Lord. Also, she has to promise that she goes to an evangelical church for at least Three months prior to joining Dominion Day. None of these fly-by-night evangelical right. girls. <laughs> and she will never dress, quote, sensually or immodestly. Sensually has so many I, red flags. Baffling, yes. But here's the really good stuff. Quote, we affirm male headship as normative in the spheres of family, church, civil governance, and society at large. So just also all the other stuff. Okay, yeah. Ibid. And, <laughs> continuing the quote, and we affirm God's normative plan for women to word. exercise dominion in the home as homemaker and helpmate in glad submission to a husband. We recognize the necessity at times for women to seek employment outside the home, but we reject careerism. <laughs> End quote. I love that they had to build it. Can you have a hobby job? Because I got fired from yet another Quiznos for fucking a blank Angus sub. Yes. But no making it your life's mission. All right. This is a pause while I wait for my background check to clear up again. That's such a weird extra there. Imagine being such a piece of shit that eventually I will need you to get a job is built into your misogynistic worldview. I'm that horrible, User. but don't get all fucking careery about it. Now sign <laughs> this document. Yeah. I am the worst, but I'm also the worst. So <laughs> you can work at 5-11 on the weekend. There you go. Your channel contract's right there next to the X. Great. So I checked out Dominion Dating out of morbid curiosity. I checked out sign their site. Up. It is a goddamn nightmare. First of all, their site is... Dominion dot dating. <laughs> they couldn't quite afford a dot net or a dot coffee for no, Dominion. No. Dominion dot dating. And aside from that user agreement slash indentured servitude contract, the most terrifying part, besides the contract, obviously, the most terrifying part is the picture of the two founders. Ooh. It's a married couple, and it looks 
exactly like Nickelback made a ransom note with a selfie on top. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking at. Okay, so Heath has just posted this picture into our notes. And I have to say, <laughs> it is weird to see this photo without a headline about luring girls to their death underneath it. It's <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Juxtaposition is weird. It's just yeah. weird. It belongs with what Eli said. The <laughs> caption says, Brandon and Amanda in parentheses, Durham, founder. <laughs> The founders are labeled founder, singular, and again, Amanda's name is in parentheses. Brandon, oh. Brandon, and Amanda Durham. You know that they have one Facebook profile. If there's anything I know about these people, they have a single Facebook. Absolutely. They, they also own an answering machine with a tape, and they trade off sentences. Oh, I guarantee yes. it. No question. Also, they have a podcast to promote their launch at Dominion Dating, which is happening on August 1st. And they appear to be looking for guest spots with people sharing their stories. Eli, this is very important. We are obviously going to find our way onto that show. Yes. And tell the story of our true love. That oh is happening. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Please, yes. <laughs> oh. Also, as of right now, if you want to join the website, you have to back their Kickstarter <laughs> to make the website. To make the website. Oh, no. let me see. You're not just a member of our weird misogyny <laughs> cult. You're a founder. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly correct. Just one final note on this. If we have any K-pop stands out there in the audience. Ooh, careful. They're here's, well, okay, well, here's something you should not do. I'm saying you okay. should not do this because it would be mean. You should not tell that K-pop army about this. And that army of apparently billions yeah. should not sign up for fake accounts and set up elaborate pranks on the anti-feminist Christian men on Dominion Dating. You should not do that. That would be, <laughs> I believe, unethical. Don't do that. Oh, you know not what power you toy with, Ethan, right? <laughs> <laughs> and finally tonight, in trans-sub situation news. Kansas State Representative Mark Samsel, a conservative Christian lawmaker, was arrested last week and charged with misdemeanor battery for assaulting a student while doing his job as a substitute teacher. In a series of interactions caught on video, Samsel threatens several students while talking about the wrath of God, pushes one who then leaves the classroom, and then tells the rest of the class, quote, class, you have permission to kick him in the balls, end quote. In a different video, he then goes on a rant about how he has a student in high school who's tried to kill himself three times because he has two moms. What? And then he asks the entire class if they masturbate, saying, quote, What? Make babies. Who likes making babies? That feels good, doesn't it? Procreate. Uh, you haven't masturbated? Don't answer that question. God already knows. End quote. Cool. Cool. Well, maybe God can... Share a cell with Josh Duggar, because apparently he's watching kids <laughs> masturbate. Just both God, God and Josh Duggar holding a big handful of shit in the same cell. Is it weirder if you hold mine, or is it better if you Maybe hold if we mine? just both pile to one Should set of hands. I my feel hands, like I shouldn't yours. We trade off. It's a bonding thing. Days, even odd. Right. All right, rock, paper, scissors. That was a bad idea. <laughs> oh, no, God. <laughs> Why did I choose rock? I squished it. And don't worry if all that sounds bad. And it does. There is a great explanation. You see, it was all part of the plan. Sorry, the shit flew everywhere. When they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so according to Samsel, who gave an interview after being released from jail, quote, every little bit of it, 
That's right. The kids and I planned all this to send a message about art, mental health, teenage suicide, how we treat our educators and one another. What? To who? Parents and grandparents and all of Wellsville, end quote, adding, I went to jail for battery. Does that really make me a criminal? Um, Time will tell. End real Sorry, quote. the answer was yes before you said time will tell. That's not how time works. Yes, you're a criminal. Yeah. But just circling back, talking about God watching kids masturbate was sending a message to Wellsville mm-hmm. about art? Yeah. That was one of the things he was sending a message. <laughs> what message is that? What did that mean? These are great questions. So... As of this recording, Samsel has not yet resigned from his position or been fired, but I have a feeling that's coming any second now. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I guess it depends on how much the rest of the political body appreciates a good sketch. <laughs> Plus, this is Kansas, so you never know. However, you do not. I will say this. He has since released a second, much longer statement. It's like eight pages long, in which he references his four favorite sports teams, Jesus <laughs> Christ... Martin Luther King. Great. great. It's too long and crazy to repeat here. Seriously, it's so fucking long and crazy. But if you follow us at PIAT Pod on Twitter, you can check out the whole thing. It's (laughs) amazing, my friend. Wow. I I have to assume he made it worse over eight pages, right? Like it could, it seems like it couldn't get worse and he made it worse for eight pages. That's, I haven't even read it. I guarantee that's what happened. And welcome back to the present. On that note, we're going to close out the headlines. Eli? Time to mention. <laughs> and when we come back, Noah's going to be speaking with Chrissy Helton of the Tri-State Freethinkers about Ken Ham's Museum of Old-Timey Landlocked Boating. The pandemic has changed a lot of things over the past 16 months or so, but one thing that it hasn't changed is how hard Ken Ham can go fuck himself. His Ark Encounter theme park, laden as it is with unethical hiring practices, legally dubious tax breaks, and scientific misinformation, stands as a testament to just how much work atheist activists still have to do. And joining me tonight is one of the atheist activists doing that work. Chrissy Helton is one of the co-founders of the Tri-State Freethinkers, and in that capacity, one of the organizers of an annual protest against the park that's coming up not this weekend, but next. Chrissy, welcome to The Scathing Atheist. Thank you. Great to be here. It's really great to have you. I I was two years ago, of course, I appeared at the protest. And then last year I was with you guys online and uh, unfortunately couldn't make it this time. But uh, hopefully we can send some listeners in my stead. Fantastic. All right. So few places in the world have more worthy targets of atheist protest than Kentucky. So what is it about the Ark Park in particular that draws you out? There's, geez, many reasons. You know, it's it's more of the church-state violations. The money that they've obtained from the state with their hiring practice really drew, we and other organizations drew awareness to people. This isn't just, you know, a great thing happening in your community. The businesses around there and the employees are paying back 2% of their paychecks to cover funding that they got from the state. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, we want to raise the awareness in which we've we've had miraculous success in doing so, so that people aren't bamboozled by just, oh, this is going to boost our economy, which if you follow the reports, they have not done that. It's lost money every year. 
So this was just an idea to raise awareness, and we had no idea of the impact that this was going to create for people just to educate themselves. Right, yeah, and I think it's really important to emphasize that because a lot of people see something like that and they're like, well, you know, why can't Christians have their own amusement park? Well, they can't have it on my tax dollar. Correct. Well, or they shouldn't be able to anyway. Right. So along with, you know, the Tri-State Freethinkers and other organizations, you know, that message was loud and clear that may not have been so loud and clear if if they just kind of did their thing. Mm-hmm. So we're very proud of of that working with so many people just to say hey did you realize this and many people weren't and even now today still talking about it there are still many people that don't understand the mechanics behind their funding right now you know obviously you're in a very christian chunk of the country do you encounter a lot of pushback trying to put this together do you get heckled do you have trouble advertising it stuff like that no actually a lot of people embraced it You know, I think once people realize that maybe some of these hiring practices or funding issues that they have may not directly impact them, but to realize that, you know, somebody down the street may not be able to get a job because they're gay, you have to open the whole picture. You know, there's a few people that drive by when we're there um, protesting that, you know, might flip us off or something, but... Generally, it's very well taken. 